We are brought to you by Boss Bears Supplements. That's Boss Bears Supplements at bossbears.co. Hard work, consistency, and determination are difficult to sustain when your mind and body can't keep up. Fuel your body with what it needs to perform like a boss. Whether you're closing deals, pitching a new business idea, or training in the gym, Boss Bears take your hustle to the next level. Our ingredients are the highest quality with potency and serving sizes that are the gold standard in the industry. Check out all of Boss Bears' products at bossbears.co. They have apple cider vinegar gummies. They have ashwagandha. They have all kinds of supplements in delicious gummy form. They also have them in pill form if you don't want the gummies. I prefer the gummies. They are delicious, and I've tried the apple cider vinegar. They are very good. Uh, use code Nikki at checkout to save 10%. That's bossbears.co, code Nikki. We are brought to you by Clout Power Supplements. Uh, that's K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Uh, so here I have the uh, protein, the cravings protein from Clout. Uh, this one is the salted caramel. This is some of the best protein that I've ever had in my life. It's actually delicious. Um, I, I like the salted caramel and the cinnamon swirl are my two favorites. Uh, also, their pre-workouts are amazing. So they have the Karma Nootropic pre-workout. It's a nootropic and focused pre-workout. It's a lower stimulant formula, zero itch formula. It has four trademark ingredients and it's fully has fully dosed ingredients. Uh, so far, I, the Arctic Cherry is probably my favorite of the Karma pre-workout. Also, try the Nero Aminos from them. And also the High Stimulant Mamba is some of my favorite too. And I really like the Arctic Cherry of that one. So go to cloutpower.com and use code Nikki to save 15%. K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Code Nikki to save fifteen percent. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Nikki Free Podcast. We are here live right now, dude. We're on air. We're on air. Yeah, Let's so go. we have uh, we have the owner of FX Supplements here, Ali Kadin. Is that how you say it? Kadan. Kadan. Yeah. Okay, so he's a bodybuilder. He's uh, part of Team Renovation Fitness uh, with Jordan Hubbard as his coach, right? Yep. That's and that's right. the same coach that I have. And then also the owner of FX Supplements. So, yes. so what's up, dude? How's it going? It's going well, man. You know, uh, uh, life is a little bit uh, hectic and crazy right now, but you know, I'm I'm grateful for where I am at this point in life, and you know, just taking it day by day. Right, that's, dude. That's in, how it is. in what sense is it kind of crazy right now? Oh uh, man, just like you know, prepping for uh, Q uh, one of 2023 and uh, mm-hmm. for the business. You know, dealing with a lot of projects that we got going on for expanding the the product line and um, really growing the brand, as well as, you know, about to start my first ever prep. So you're going into prep for the Emerald Cup, the same show that I'm doing, um, and you're doing all that while running a business, too, so. Yes, and I'm actually going to be going back to school in January as well. Yeah, uh, so that's a lot, dude. Damn. Yeah, so it's, like I said, it's a little bit hectic, but uh, nothing... You know, I can't handle. Uh, Do you think that the um, kind of the structure of bodybuilding and like the meal plan and stuff actually probably kind of helps a little bit with the discipline? Oh, of course. Yeah. 100%. Like it just makes life uh, so much 
easier in a sense where I'm not wasting time because obviously time is of the essence. It's the most right. precious thing, you know. Yes. Especially when you have a schedule that jam packed, you know. Right. Because it's like. What's that quote? Um, it's like uh, discipline equals freedom or whatever. Exactly. I think it's uh, – who was that? Uh, shit, I can't think of it right now. But well, not it, only has it helped me like just in, in with, with my time, but it's also helped discipline like my mind. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Well, it's Jock, Jocko Willink. That's who said that. And it does make sense because the more discipline I get with my days and I have structure to them and they're planned out, I feel like I do have more freedom because you're kind of like on – you get the habits like set in place, you know? Mm-hmm. And once the habits are in place, you're just you do have more free time because it's like you're not like wondering what am I doing. You actually it's right on the schedule. It's boom, 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 and so it kind of frees up you to like have some more free time. I feel like exactly, but you know there is uh, with running a business. You know there's also mental free time. Chaos. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have you have a little bit of downtime here and there, but uh, definitely having my days like being very regimented um, and just going by schedule. You know, work then. And gym, get home, eat my, you know, meals, shower, get stuff ready for the next day, look over my, my tasks for the next day, you know, yeah. what I need to accomplish for work and what I'm getting into uh, in terms of the gym, um, you know, and just having the whole week already planned out in terms of my after work stuff has really helped just, you know. And that's really when you do the gym is like after work? Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's right down the street, 10 minutes, 15-minute uh, drive from from my headquarters and so well that's great so that's yeah. body shop is that close to you man yes. that's like that's dope yeah. like that being that close that oh i love that dope. gym i was actually just there today i uh, did chest day there and it was like you know because everybody's at a show right now so mm-hmm. they're all gone you know exactly. so the whole place is like empty and it was kind of snowing outside and i was kind of got this like looking around like thinking about the last two years there and i was like you know when you know when a place is empty sometimes you kind of get that feeling and I just was like really appreciating the place because it was like nobody hardly else there. And I just looked at the sign on the door and I was like, man, this place is dope. I was like, this is so cool, you know. Th- that place, is, you yeah. know, I feel like just feels like home to a lot of people, you know. It's, yeah. it's got that vibe, that community. Um, but you know how it gets, you know, it's this time of year. Uh, the gym starts filling it little by little. Oh, like, by January, January, it's going to be crazy in there, dude. Exactly. But, I mean, that's good because, uh, you know, people are starting – fitness journeys and stuff so i mean that is a good thing but when you yeah sometimes it kind of sucks if you're like a, especially if you're lifting later in the day like i'm lucky i bartend at night so like i'm always there you know earlier in the day when it's a little bit slower uh-huh yeah when you're going like at four or five man that's... when i hit my workout at five man sometimes it's peak hours sometimes people are just starting to file in so you know i, t- I try to make it from hq right down in the gym and and get after it, you know, as, as quick as I can, you know, obviously properly warming up and stuff like that. But, but like you said fitness journeys, man, they're around the corner. Everybody's going to be in there. Yeah, and I'm all for that for people. But, yeah, like when you've been going, it's always kind of like, damn, this place is full now. But that's good for the business, I guess. You know, so. for, for them, too, you know. But it's also, yeah. I feel, um, it brings more people to that sense of community to really see, especially Body Shop, people that come up to Body Shop and they really see that sense of community and family that we have there you know how everyone's very supportive of one another yeah you know a lot of those mainstream commercial gyms you get yeah you know when when you're walking in and people see that you're a little bit bigger than the average dude there yeah and you know they they eye you up they look at you weird but no not a body shop people are supportive they won't you know yeah well that's yeah body shop's great because you're like everybody there is so good it makes you want to elevate exactly it's very motivating you know it's not like 
uh, intimidating. It's a motivating. Like, think of the progress you've made just recently, like the last what couple years? You think it's been, yeah, and it's because of that body shop. You know, like, oh man, yeah. What uh, have you get? You've gained a lot, haven't you? Well, yeah. So I I started uh, actually just ended my. Took me 16 weeks of like uh, bulking, you know, right. like gradually increasing food over that 16 week period. Yes, and um, I, I gained about 18 pounds over yeah, that yeah. course. But you know, we're we're still lean uh, to a certain extent. You know, where oh, you're still pretty lean. Yeah. But Jay was saying uh, he was on here and he was telling me you put you came up from like 170 something. Yeah, so, yeah I'm 192 right now. So for my initial start uh, with renovation fitness and uh coach jordan hubbard uh was i'd say august uh, of 2021 so yeah. that's when i'd started just being a general wellness like client, general health client but yeah kind of still living the bodybuilding lifestyle and then right surrounding myself around you know people like uh jason clavo and ashton uh and coach jay and even you know our other athletes like mark um and just the people at body shop it really changed the way that I approached the gym and how I approached my life in general. Oh you know? yeah, man. So it does. it's been life changing in a sense. In the fact that I feel like I've grown so much, not just physically, but matured in a sense right. in the way that, uh, I'm in the gym and the way that I do my workouts. I'm a lot more knowledgeable, um, mm-hmm. especially just learning from these guys, you know, I, yeah. uh, I know to just sit back and soak up the knowledge that they're, they're giving me because I'm new to the sport. You know, and they've been in it. So I'm not afraid to ask those kinds of questions. Right. You know, and, and to know why, you know, why do I got to keep my elbows this way in a certain workout instead of, you know, having them up here? Why do I got to arch my back and pinch my shoulders when I'm doing this? Or, you know, what yep. does that do? I, I want to gain all that knowledge. I want You're open to, to their uh, input. You're exactly. not, you're not, you know, that's like, I could see some people like, that's the hard part for coaches, I think, when people have their own ideas and you're trying to learn something new and the coach in, but they have this ego thing. That's like, you know, stops them from lit. Like, but if you just like trust in these guys and listen to them and think like, okay, the stuff I've learned so far is cool. But now like, I'm going to just like put my faith in these guys right now and listen to them and change like my, you know, be open to their opinions and like their coaching, I guess. Yeah. I got a lot of value out of that too from like, just kind of changing my, you know, you get kind of stuck in your ways. A yeah, bit. no, hundred percent. And you so when you get workouts and stuff like that, yeah, you get these good coaches, and you have to be open to what they're telling you. You're never gonna like. And then when you do see the progress, dude, like over the last couple of years, it's like holy shit, you it's, know, like it's been crazy, man. Like I said, but the, the biggest thing I learned is that you you drop your ego at the door once you walk through that front door. Your your ego stays at the door. Yeah, I think know? that's the biggest thing, right? And and the. I think another big thing is like if you're not willing to be coachable, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, just embracing that knowledge and putting your faith in it. If you're not willing to be someone who's coachable, you're not gonna progress. If you're resisting change, no, change is good. Like you're, for, you have to have a growth mindset. You can't have a fixed mindset. Right. And just not. Just I don't want to stay the same. I want to be somebody different. Exactly. Not just in the gym though, but yeah. in life. You know. Yeah. You can't have a fixed mindset on on like having things seen a different way from that perspective you have to be open to all perspective because that's how you're going to grow as an individual i agree and you kind of learn that from the gym too it feels like yeah because i I, i've thought that too like it's this idea that if you hold on to this like version of yourself it's almost like a weight holding you back and it's like you're stopping you from becoming who you could become only person stopping you is you yeah you got you get this weird idea that like 
well, this is who I am, but then you, like, put yourself in this box. Even with, like, you doing the show, I don't know what you think about that. It's your first show, right? Your first ever show, man. It's And same for me. I put myself in this box. Like, I'm not a person who can do a bodybuilding show for so long. And then I, like, you know, with working with Jordan, it changed my idea of myself. And then with, you know, his, uh, I don't know, like, he's kind of been saying, like, you could do it now. You know, like, he told me I could do it. So I'm just, like, it changed my idea of, like, how I see myself, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's literally how I have yeah. been portraying myself. Like, people would be asking me, so when are you going to do a show? When are you going to do a show? Yeah. I'm like, I'm never stepping on stage. Like, I, I don't think that's for me. Like You just you know, put you yourself gotta, in that box. I ain't. Yeah, that's not me. That's, that's somebody else. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not me. And then, you know, you're hanging around. It, it rubs, And they told me it would. They're like, it's going to rub off on you once you attend enough shows that you're going to end up wanting to do one and then one yeah. day jordan approached me when i was at the gym he's like your last check-in looked good so uh we're gonna train for e-cup and then i really just thought about it i was like you know what right why the fuck not yeah you that's know? what happened to me he's so like i got i got really lean like a couple months ago and he's like well now we know you can get lean so what the, what are we doing here <laughs> he's yeah. like let's do this he's a good way of convincing people not gonna lie yeah. but he, it's because he knows what he's doing you know you can you really trust him and uh, that's you know all uh, well, he's the like, things I have for him. You know he's he's an amazing coach. He's very knowledgeable and he won't steer you wrong. You know. Yeah, I always say good guy in life to look up to too. Just exactly. with like he's got his family together and everything, and, and he's kind of a good role model. I feel like that's so. what I was about to say. Very good role model, um, and he's definitely someone that I, I look up to. You know, not just as an athlete, but as a as a person. person. You know, uh, sometimes I seek his advice not just in in the gym, but about personal things, as I know that uh, he's probably been through those types of right and isn't it crazy that he does that for so many people yeah you know because i've had like let's see i think two or three other people on the team on here and they all have the same thing to say so it's like you know so he's giving you this much attention but he's giving you this much he's giving it to like everybody so it's like pretty it seems effortless for him too but i'm sure it's a lot of work it's genuine you know though that's the thing like you can tell that it's you know that he actually cares about not just you as a client or an athlete, but as a person, as, a as person. an individual, and what's going on in, in yeah. your life as well, because you know the, what that all ties in together. And so he definitely looks at the whole whole picture. Right. We were we were talking the other day at the gym about that and about how you can, and you know too, because you have your business and everything, like how you can be successful and you know be a businessman and stuff, but still not like fuck people over and be an athlete. You know, like. Yeah. Because, like, that's what he does with his business. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, he was saying that. He's like, yeah, you can still be a good person and be very successful. You know, like. That's 100% true. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. You know, it really comes down to your morals, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what you believe in and how uh, you treat people and you treat, you know, your business partners. Um, you never want to burn bridges. That's, like, rule number one. You, you know, if you're going to, like, if there's a partnership ending or something, you end it on good terms you know you're civil because right. you, you you never know when you might need a partnership down the road again you don't know what the future holds yeah you know? so and instead so, of being like yeah I, I don't need you anymore fuck off exactly you're just always like hey you know thank you i appreciated it and yeah and yeah you it's know, like maybe there might be you know another opportunity for us to connect uh later down the road and you know uh, as we grow our brand and grow our business and so you never want to leave it on a bad note that's the, the first thing i've learned and and people that do that are the ones usually that end up seeing their businesses start collapsing when they've burned too many Later of those on. bridges. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shoot, I could use them right now. And you're like, wait, I burned that bridge. I can't I can't call them. I can't use their services, you know, mm. so on and so forth. So it really comes down to your morals and, and what you value and how you treat people, you know. So it's kind of like networking and mm-hmm. – but, yeah, just like – I mean, what's the point of burning a bridge? 
It's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get it. If someone did you like really dirty, then yeah, I, I get it. There, there's, there are some cases, you know, like certain unfor- unforgivable. Yeah. yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, you big backstab, but you know, in, in a business partnership or something. And it's like, then maybe they have it coming, but yeah. Yeah. I get it for the most part, but yeah, that's pretty cool, man. So like, um, we should talk about the business. So like, how did you decide you wanted to do that? Oh man, that's that's a long story. But uh, and were you, when did you get into lifting? Even before you started working with Jordan, when how like when were you always just kind of lifting, like growing yeah. up and stuff? So yeah, I'll I'll touch base on all that. Um, yeah. Basically, when I started lifting was I had chosen an elective in middle school, eighth grade. Uh, was weight was weightlifting my second semester. Yeah. And that I started playing football the year before in seventh yep, grade. Yep. Yep. And I'd gotten injured, and so. I was really mad at myself. I was like, I, you know, I got to get bigger so I don't get, I don't get injured because I missed the majority of the season yep. my first year, and I was really bummed about that. And so when I started taking weightlifting, you know, in eighth grade, I was just, you know, learning the stuff. But then after that, my ninth grade year, my freshman year, because uh, Inglewood Junior High, where I went, was seven through nine. Mm-hmm. Right, it wasn't six through eight. So my freshman year, um, I would walk down after school from Inglewood Junior High School. Eastlake High School, and I'd go start weight training with some of the older guys that were playing on the varsity team that yeah. were in there after hours. And you were a lot younger you know, than them? I was out, they were seniors and, or, and yeah. juniors, and okay. I was like this freshman walking down from. So you the, probably looked up to them quite a bit. Oh, too. I did. And I, they helped me train, and it just, you know, I just wanted to do everything. Football was my passion, so I spent a lot of time uh in the gym you know i skipped school events to be in the gym training for football and yeah uh, and stuff like that so uh, it's always been uh a passion of mine and people used to joke around like uh back then because i was in the gym so often that i was going to be uh, a bodybuilder one day and that i would you know i was always the guy taking creatine and, and protein all drinks the supplements, and all supplements yeah, yeah. And nobody else was touching supplements you know on the team and whatnot right so, um you know fast forward uh you know until when i was 2018 2017 mm-hmm. um my dad uh had approached me with the idea like you know hey you're very knowledgeable about this kind of stuff because him and his two brothers had started american medical science which is the mother company to fx supplements so we're under okay. an umbrella company yes and that's uh so they started that in 07 and they've grown it you know internationally in 28 different countries now. Hell yeah and so he approached me with this idea and uh i was like you know what i, th- I think we can I think do I can something. definitely do something with yeah. this because he's like, you know, you take these supplements all the time. Like, you know, we're already in this kind of industry. We just need to branch out to a different sub-industry. Makes total know? sense. And yeah, so yeah. Um, that's when it all started. And we started off as originally NutraFX uh, Sport. Mm-hmm. And then we rebranded uh, from 2019. What year was that when you first started? 20, mid-2017. 2017. Okay. So, so all the way through yeah. the pandemic and everything. Yeah, and so we were rebranding actually, starting like uh, right before the uh, pandemic to FX subs. Yeah, because a lot of people, you know, when they see us at like trade shows, they wouldn't know what Nutra FX stands for. You know, Nutra yeah. Nutritional FX Effects as a play on so nutritional effects. Right. Right. And so um, we just had to make it really simple for people. Well, to now understand. the new branding is like, I mean, it's yeah. like it's good. Yeah. Because it's like very recognizable. Yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, the logo looks yeah. good. Yeah, well, we have more coming. We're actually going to be doing um, another major rebrand. Uh, we're actually adding uh, some sort of—I uh, don't know if you want to call it a mascot or or animal to to represent. Uh, yeah, FX subs. You know, 
uh, different brands have different mascots in a sense. Gorilla Mind. Gorilla, I was just gonna say, gorilla, dude. Gorilla ghost Mind has the, that that ghost icon. Um, dude, I, Ghost is know, good. I just tried line. some of that shit. Yeah. Dude, their their flavoring is really good. No, I'll give them props. Yeah. Uh, the, the way they go about it, you know, but they're, they're obviously paying royalties to these companies for using Oh, like flavoring. a what? Like uh, they do like Jet Puffed Marshmallow and well, they do like maybe that's Rise. Yeah, yeah. You know, and stuff like uh, that. Chips Ahoy, all exactly. that shit. Like, damn, how do they do all that? Well, man? you know, they got to get in contact. They pay these companies royalties to be able to use their flavoring. Right. So, um, that's like I do that Bones Coffee and they had this whole run uh, during Halloween of like... Um, the nightmare before Christmas. So they had like all the, and I'm like, I wonder how much they got to pay Disney just to like make do, this coffee. Do that. Yeah, so there's a lot of royalties that are involved yeah. for sure, because they got to use all the trademarks and yeah. Cause they had stuff. all the trademarks. Walt Disney presents. I mean, they had all the characters on the packaging. I'm like, that's gotta be expensive. I mean, I'm sure they make it enough, but yeah. yeah. Well, something, you know, I've, I've learned through this process too, of running uh, FX supplements is, you know, a, a lot of these people that, the way they grow so big so fast is that they fi- like basically have funding from uh, these mega companies such as Anheuser Busch. Link you know? onto something big and then exactly. Yeah. So Ghost basically scored a 1.2 billion dollar deal with Anheuser Busch to produce all their ready to drink products. Uh, so and that's big, right? And yeah. to have their distribution channels. All right. Yep. yep. So uh, automatically, right there, you're, you're going to have a profitable business when you have so that's a large huge. player. That'd be like in the old days getting like a great TV deal. Yeah. Because it's like you don't have the distribution unless you, you know, I was thinking like, you know, I'm always thinking in terms of wrestling. So I'm thinking of like WCW when they had like the, yeah, if you don't have the TV, you're fucked. Exactly. Who's going to watch it? You know, unless it's on pay-per-view like the way UFC is right now. Right. I guarantee you if they were able to get a better TV deal, you know, with ESPN or something like that, they wouldn't. Uh, do it so much favor for you if it was a very lucrative deal. Right, you know, exactly. more people would have access to it, they'd get more viewers, therefore it's benefiting both parties. Yeah, it's like WWE is now on the Peacock channel, you know, the you Peacock know, app. It's like, yeah, well, on, uh, everything's TNT. on. Yeah, well, yeah, and like I think uh, AEW's on TNT, so they have a great TV deal. They're like TBS and TNT, but like, you know, WWE used to be USA, then there's Spike for a while, you know, and then they had their own app for a while. But then, of course, like Peacock just bought that stuff up, and it's like, well, why? Yeah, why wouldn't they sell to them? You know, it's huge. It's very lucrative, you know, for them. Yeah. So if you want to go watch like a a WWE pay per view right now, you just get the Peacock app, and you start. You know, it's NBC or whatever. But but it's through Peacock. But it's through Peacock. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense. I grew up watching a lot of wrestling, to be honest. Yeah. I I miss those. Like, dude, I was so. I like the old school shit too, dude. Yeah, the new stuff. I stopped like, I don't know, twenty. I've heard uh, like even maybe earlier like 2009. So now that Vince like, McMahon got busted with a uh, or had all that drama, you know, and he's out of the. I don't know if you heard about any of that. Wait, what? I, I saw like some headlines. So but... so Vince McMahon, you know, owner of WWE, everyone thought he would literally die in that position. He would not because I mean that's like his. That's always who he's been. He's been like he lifts weights. He is a billionaire. You know, he's just like he's that guy. He's yeah. always been this ambitious dude. So no one ever thought he would retire. But he had some, like, um, a couple things, like, some women along the way where he had, like, dated these women and then gave them, like, you know, non-disclosure, like, don't say that we dated or anything. He never did. I don't think he got in any kind of trouble as far as, like, never any, um, it was just infidelity to his wife. And he paid using company money to cover it up. 
shit. Yeah, so it wasn't like he had any like sex scandals or anything. It was just infidelity. Didn't want his wife or didn't want the scandal to break. So he gave them like, you know, uh, what is the keep quiet thing? Um, yeah, an NDA. NDA, NDAs. Yeah, and so. You know, they looked back through the books and found out that, you know, because it's a publicly traded company now, there's a lot of other people involved, there's investors, like, and they're like, oh, this can't stand, so they, you know, he's out now. He basically got, they booted did it. by the board, basically. Yeah, the board basically booted him. I mean, he still owns, like, I think he still owns the majority share of the company, but, like, he's... He can't make decisions and... Yeah, he's gone anyway, so uh, there's this other guy, I can't remember, something Khan is his last name. Not the guy that owns AEW who has the same last name, and his dad is like the, the dude own- who owns the Jaguars. Uh, no, this is a, so the the guy who owns the Jaguars. What's his name? It's not uh, something Khan. Yeah, and he owns the Jaguars, and then his son is Tony Khan, who started AEW, which is a rival company to WWE. Yeah, I know you. And now they have TV on TBS and TNN, and they're you know they're doing pretty good actually. Not, I mean, they'll never do like WWE numbers or anything, but as far as an alternative, like. They're probably the most successful alternative since WCW, which was um, uh, back in the day with uh, fucking what's his name, the big uh, Ted Turner. I remember Ted. Turner. Yeah, yeah. So Ted yeah. Turner was always like neck and neck with Vince McMahon in the '90s, and then AOL bought out Turner or something, and they were like wrestling stupid, get it out, and that's when WCW went down, and that's when Vince McMahon bought it for like dirt cheap. And so he crushed his competition, and he became the only monopoly, basically. Yeah. And so now this this son of the the guy that owns the Jaguars, Tony Khan, was a huge wrestling fan growing up, and he's like, Dad, I think we can fucking do this. So his dad invested in it. He started this company, and now they're doing pretty good. You know, like, they're the only thing close to WWE. But just by happenstance, the other guy who is the new CEO for WWE's last name is also Khan, no relation. No, that's so it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's almost like who, write, who writes this new, shit, bro? They, yeah. they got to run a twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. Test, see you know, if they're the, fucking related so, or something. Something on the uh, you know phylogenetic. But so trait. Vince is out because he was given hush money, and so now Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, and this other guy named something Khan are the the CEOs now. Well, still a McMahon in the CEO position. Still so. the McMahon. And then Triple H, who's married to Stephanie, yeah. he's been basically given the position that Vince had of like, he. so my whole point of this long spiel is I've guessed that people say the product has gotten way better again because Vince was like set in his ways. Now they got new blood in there because Triple H is running everything. Yeah, he and knows he, what the people want. And he knows more what people actually want. So I've heard the product's just been like, like I'm gonna go watch some of the pay per views. I just never do. I don't have time or whatever. But nothing's gonna beat like the the early 2000s no. roster. No, though, you never you know? will, dude. Back you when you had the so- Rock and Kurt Angle, Stone Cold, Stone Undertaker, Cold. Mick Foley. Like you just Rey not- Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero. Rob oh yeah, Damn. even like Randy Orton. Randy like, Orton, yeah, yeah. Dude. the Viper. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I don't Goldberg, think that that era is never going to be. Goldberg beaten. was one of my favorites. Brock Lesnar was on there too. Big Show. Big you're Show right. lasted a minute. Yeah, yeah. He lasted a long time on, on there. But like, I'm sure. I think he's better. actually in AEW now. But yeah, really? you're right. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. Like, so the they you know they have this um, you know Jacksonville Jaguar money. So they're like they're just like giving like huge contracts to all these old guys. You know. But it's still you're not going to beat like the performances and like no the the. the 
characters that these guys were able to put on, like Stone Cold, you know, coming in with you're never the, gonna like, have driving, it, yeah. driving in and spraying beer and yeah, that was that, the like, dopest shit ever, dude. Like him just caught everything about him was cool, chaos. like his entrance music, all of it, dude. This like, like that glass knew. would break, yeah. And when that glass would break, and it's like, like someone was giving an interview and. And it just comes out of nowhere. It's like when the dude's just like smashing fucking beer cans, and like you're never gonna beat that shit. What I never understood that was like I know it's like scripted and whatnot, but like how every time you go to shake someone's hand, like they'll be like, "Oh no, he's gonna fuck me up." Like I, he he does this to every person. That yeah, yeah. It's like they kind of <laughs> knew, but they're like, "Oh, he actually likes me. I'm yeah, cool," yeah. you know. And then oh no, nope, exactly with me. Nope. Yep. He fucked me up. So. The cool thing is he'd even do that to like people that he like got along with like in the show even yeah. in the storyline even if they were a good guy like he'd still just stun them yeah because Stone he Cold stunned was everybody he stunned old ladies he stunned like he didn't care that was the coolest that's what made it so cool dude is yeah. like you don't get that kind of like uh, he just stuns anymore. everybody he's he's you don't trust anybody man that's yeah. what i'm saying these guys were able to just be like play their, their roles and characters so well like you don't see well do you think how good the rock was yeah well speaking of yeah. the rock now you know owner of xfl coming up yeah that's cool right? he bought so that they just had their draft man I'm, I'm excited to see what this league brings they got one of my that's buddies. so weird because that was the thing where vince tried to do it and then it failed because i you know he i guess he did it too he sh- he did it a little too pro wrestling like yeah in the, the first time or whatever they say it was a little too goofy and then it failed and you know vince is a guy who became a billionaire yeah so he's like a dude that's like if he fails at something, you know that, like, sits with him. Yeah. You know, because he's an ambitious dude. He doesn't like to lose. You know what I mean? You know, a guy that becomes a billionaire, they don't like to lose. So you know that that bothered him. And so then all of a sudden, he decides he's going to try again. Only this time he's going to do it fucking better. And it's not going to have the goofy wrestling shit in it. And, it. and it looks really promising. And all of a sudden, he brings it back. And then the pandemic hits. Because that's what happened. Yeah. And then basically what happened is The Rock was just like, look, Vince, I'll buy this off you. Yeah. And that's how The Rock got it. Yeah. And yeah. now, you know, I'm, now they actually have like, it's not to say Vince probably, I don't know, like you have someone who actually played football. The Rock's going to take better care of it than I think Vince would have. Yeah, the people that they've appointed into these head coaching and general manager positions yeah. of these eight teams that they have going on, you know, are people that have been in the game for a minute, like for – uh, San Antonio, for example, mm-hmm. their team, they have Heinz Ward, okay. you know, Steelers wide receiver, Hall of Famer. He's, he's, so their, this is exciting. Head coach. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, they're, they've got like real, like, ex players, like, ex uh, NFL coaches, like, at coaching in these teams. So, like, there's a lot of potential for this league to really blow up. And I'm excited to see what it brings. Cause it's probably going to be like, you know, you'll only have a little break from football in that summer because you're going to have spring right. football. That's where that's where I think the Rocks got like it's a good plan for him because like everybody loves football so much. Yeah, and then you can just expand that, and then you know from there. But I also see it possibly becoming like almost a develop like developmental league, like the G League. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, you know, so you can get. But it's just going to give fans like you don't have to have such a long break from watching football, basically. Exactly. And I mean, I think that's going to be a win for the guy. Like the Rock's smart too, dude. Like he's he's one of the. Uh, highest paid actors like in in the world probably not probably the highest paid yeah. actor right now with how many movies he has been doing you know he's got 
his own energy drink line. He's got his own tequila. Like I know, I want to get a bottle of that tequila to try it. Dude. I have not tried it, but he the way he endorses it, he makes it look tasty. He does make it look tasty. And I do like tequila and yeah. a good tequila, but you, that's something you got to sip on. You can't like just take so- shots of it, you know. Yeah, you want any whiskey? No, nah, I'm good right now. Not on the weekdays. Yeah, yeah, I don't really drink either. Me and Jay actually tried that. Like, I don't usually drink at all. That's Metallica whiskey, dude. Oh, so I got it because I'm obsessed with Metallica. But okay, so we, you know, I, I just, I don't really drink. Yeah, you know, every once in a while. Um, but when Jay was on, I'm like, all right, dude, let's try this shit. Uh So we did. It's good, man. It's good. It's really good. I mean, I, my, I think my favorite whiskey probably has to be, uh, Jameson. And then just regular straight up Jameson. Just Jameson. Yeah. But like if I'm getting a drink, it's it's a uh, that's a whiskey drink. It's a Jameson ginger. With okay, lime. nice. Yeah, but if I'm doing something on the rocks, going with like a Four Roses or like a Basil Hayden's. Yeah, Four Roses. Know? I've had that. That's really yeah, good. It's smooth. So that and Basil. Hayden's. I like like Maker's Mark. Uh, what is it? Um, Buffalo Trace is Buffalo good Trace for like the cheaper one. ones. You know, like Buffalo Trace is a good one. It, it, I think you get the most bang for your buck actually out of Buffalo Trace. I think so too. So there's like those mid range, and then the, I think that Four yeah. Roses is like really good. It's because it got a high price tag. Doesn't mean it's the most quality. You know what I'm saying? That is true. Yeah. You know, there's there's better. But I'm not really trying to there. drink like Jack Daniels or no, anything. That's, like, no, that's no, I'm not. That, that's a little bit too much bite for me. I even like that saying? Bullet whiskey. That stuff's pretty good. Bullet, I'm, I'm not too much on the rye. I can do the Bullet original. Yeah, uh, but the, but the rye the whiskey is is a little bit uh, different for me. Yeah, my my dad though he's a big single malt scotch kind of guy. Yeah, uh, he'll put just one of the big ice cubes in a glass. Yeah, pour pour a little bit on ice. Sometimes. Hey, that's classy, dude. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That, that's the way he'll do drinks. So you know that's that's the man that taught me everything I know. That's the man I look up to. So when he's right. doing, he's in those business meetings and stuff like that. That's or cool. Business dinner, you know, he'll he'll order one of those and it's just you know that's his. His thing is that single malt. That's gonna be you someday, dude. Yeah, you look One. up. So that's cool. You have a good relationship with him. That's awesome, dude. No, I, yeah, I have probably the best relationship with my dad. I definitely consider him like my best friend. You know, I talk him literally about everything, hey, everything with him. Um, especially because you know we're working together in, in tandem to, yeah. to grow this brand. But just you know, I got him into uh, fitness, actually into lifting weights back when he saw me really getting after it, like starting ninth grade year, like I talked about walking down to the high school and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he started taking notice and he really started to hit the gym. And now he's gotten to that mindset where like, if he misses a day at the gym, he gets mad at himself. Really? So yeah. he's into so it too he's now. really into it. Dude, my dad's turning 61 in uh, March and that man can still bench press 285 pounds five times. Yeah. So like he's still getting after it at the gym, you know, and, and he can, he'll go on a five mile run right after that. That's crazy. Cause like the more, as uh, as we're getting older, I keep noticing like, and I think it's just a change in the times. Like, people in their sixties, it's like they're people in their forties from when we were younger. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like people stay younger so much longer now. I, I do, I, I do see that more of that youthful. Yeah. Like, oh wait, like someone says, oh you're sixty, like you don't look. Yeah, they just know, don't look like it. Anymore. Like I would have never guessed you're sixty. So no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's something in our society lately. It's like people stay young. I don't know. I mean, it could be. It also, I don't know. It Advances in medicine and... And the way people know. perceive health, too, you got to think about it. People are now a lot more educated than they were even, not just 10 years ago, like even five years ago about health True. and nutrition and... and Definitely even 10 more, years and, ago. Yeah. So yeah. when they're looking at supplement facts on, you know, when they're at the grocery store and stuff like that, they're actually making, like, conscious and aware decisions, you know, which factors in in the long haul. 
you know, and, and how probably you even social stuff. media, dude, like yeah. people can look it up anywhere. There's like just the internet, you know, like think about, yeah, like the nineties, like the level of fitness people had, like it was not, not even close, to not even close to you today. Know? Yeah. You, you can learn all about human anatomy if you wanted, if you're just on Instagram or TikTok, just by looking at reels. Right. Right. And boom, you've, you've taught yourself all about the, the human anatomy. Like, yeah, like you can go watch YouTube videos and get a better education than like going to school. No, yeah. it's like crazy. That, man. That's it's what like... it comes down to. So I just think that, yeah, I think the uh, people being a lot more educated, especially after COVID happened and after the pandemic. Oh, yeah. You know, people are a lot more wanting to be healthy. health conscious and, yeah. and healthy, you know, because they didn't want to be one of those people that are at risk. You know, yeah, for, because for you're, like you're going to be more at risk for sure if you're not as healthy. I mean, that was just, um, if you look at any of the studies, for sure, it's like, yeah. So, so I, th- I think that's the biggest thing is people's just education and awareness of health and, and nutrition and, and the lifestyle that they were living right. uh, ha- has increased tremendously over these, you know. Past yeah, I mean, five, look at years. Instagram, dude. You see these like crazy like transformations nowadays. It's just wild, you know, like... There's been a lot of myth-busting, too, I feel like, you know, about, you know, how people lose weight. It's like, people are realizing you don't need to run for two hours on the treadmill yeah. every day, you know, that it really, 90% of it comes from what you're putting in your body. So much of it's diet, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know? probably the best thing I've learned from working with Jordan in renovation is, like, like food. Yeah. Not that I have, you know, and I was always healthy before that, too, but just, like... The how you can manipulate food, and it's like, and when I if I'm fucking up on my diet, it's totally my own fault. Yeah, you know it's what I mean. Because if I follow it, I just like it works. Yep, hundred percent. You know, yeah, there's the only person you have to blame at that point too. You is yourself. You know, obviously there are exceptions. Yes, you're traveling on a business trip or something like that. You know, what I'm saying, right. you know, you can always get an Airbnb and then you know rental car, go out to the grocery store that's local and pick up groceries and make stuff yourself but if let's say you're staying in a hotel you don't have that kind of luxury you know do you travel a lot for work sometimes uh i i used to a lot um not so much recently over these past i'd say six months or so but uh especially when i lived in arizona uh when i when we first started uh fx i moved back up here right originally from here um but moved back up here in 2020 so uh from like 20 mid 2017 Till I moved back up, I was basically fl- flying monthly up here. I'd spend three weeks down in Arizona, one week up here at the HQ in a, in-house, yep. you know, doing in-house work and uh, meeting with the team and different departments, and then fly down back to Arizona, three weeks, fly back up, one week, and that was it for literally two and a half years. I was doing that Damn. while also traveling to expos, trade shows, attending, you know. Uh, were you tra- and were you on the meal plan and stuff at that time too, bodybuilding? No. Uh, well, I started the meal plan after the, uh, right before the UBU Expo in August 2021 when I started the Renovation Fitness. We were, okay. we were going to the UBU Expo in Phoenix as we were the title sponsors uh, for that show. And we had a big crew with us and that's really when the meal plans had started was in August of 2021. I got you. But, um, cause it, that always blows my mind. Like, uh, you know, when like Jordan and Kimberly go on trips and stuff, they'll like pack all their food. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm always like, am in amazement when people can like do it, like traveling mm-hmm. and stay on their meal plan. And yeah. It's like, they tend to get you. It's usually like you gotta be, in, you can't be in like a really, a, a hotel 
settings more like an airbnb or like a comfort like oh that makes kitchen. it way easier you can just buy your food cook there exactly. all that yeah that's so that's why you have to plan it out but they, they definitely take like um with those wolf pack backpacks you can actually fit three uh meals in the three containers that come with the backpack in the yeah, back pocket they're big they're big uh containers yeah, yeah so you can fit three of those meals in there so they basically like pack you know their meals for the day after their, their breakfast right you know that they have in their bag already accessible to them so it's I mean, a good way to do it, yeah. You just got to really plan ahead and be uh, strategic with how, how you plan. That's what I was asking. I was going to say, like, yeah, how do you do that when you yeah. travel, dude? Like, yeah. Yeah. It really depends on where you're staying, too. Like I said, like, if you're staying in an Airbnb that, you know, or, like, a um, like a comfort suites type of deal where that has a kitchen and, mm-hmm. you know, or if you're staying in a hotel, let's say you're flying to Vegas and you're in one of the strip hotels, you don't got no kitchen and you know you can't put anything in the fridge. That's no, already stocked so up with stuff that they want you to, to, buy. to buy. Exactly. Yeah. And so and you can't take stuff out because it's it automatically weighted. Yeah. Right? So as soon as you pick it up, boom, it shows Damn, that the weight change. Charged. Boom, you just got charged with that card on file. So it's Is like Is that how it works? Even if you just take it out to look yeah. at it? Damn, that's crazy. So I took a so that happened to me when I went to go to nationals. I took like seven mm-hmm. meals with me. Right. And I was like, Yeah, I'll be able to fit them in the fridge somewhere. Nope. I could not do it and I was only able to eat one of the, no two of those meals and i had to i had no fridge to put them in so i had to throw the other four oh meals that's away. sad dude i couldn't just have chicken breast and rice like sitting out like overnight like so that's when you fridge. gotta like go buy like rice cakes protein like yeah some kind of yeah well what i do usually i, I pack a uh a two pound protein in my suitcase if i'm going with a few shaker bottles yeah that, that makes sense that way oh yeah you, mean you just bring your shit dude yeah, yeah yeah exactly i got access to it why not yeah that's you know, use what's at your disposal so you gotta just be strategic and, and think way ahead of time about how you're gonna do it and plan the trip accordingly. Right. So that's what that's my advice at least. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, we had Tony on here too, that works for uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so it is cool because I realize you guys are doing a lot of work to like make your products like really. Uh, the word I'm looking for is like. Not a lot of proprietary blends. Transparent. Yeah, transparency. Like yeah, full transparency. So that's yeah. the big thing when it comes to the ever. Well, that's safety world. too, right? Because like we're yeah. talking about, you know, be, becoming successful without being an asshole. Well, there's a lot of supplements that are just like probably full of a bunch of bad shit for you. Yeah, you I'm know? not gonna and, pick on any specific brands, but yeah. a very big name brand just had their uh, CEO, uh, you know indicted to federal prison for four years because you have to tell me off air because i want to know yeah they they were putting stuff in their proprietary uh blends that were in their pre-workouts and stuff that Mm. um were basically precursors to pro hormones and steroids so no uh, unknowingly but it was in a proprietary blend and with a proprietary blend you don't know the dosages of what's in there there could be a ton of how how does they get away with that now obviously they didn't because he's getting so that's well that's what i don't know how they got away with yeah because like I'll be honest with you. When I was in college, um, like you like you said back when you were first started lifting, that's what it was like for me when I was in college. It was like uh, I don't I don't even know how I got my degree, like my two year degree, like I got a two year degree in drafting. But like that's what we did. I was kind of like how you said you were lifting with these like guys that were older than you in mm-hmm. high school. I was like in college around. It was like people like a year or two years older than me, and they were all like wrestlers, football players. Mm-hmm. And I just started hanging out with them and they got me into lifting. And like, so that's all we would do is literally like, we would just like go to the gym, get a bunch of food, 
go to Blockbuster Video, rent a bunch of movies, watch them. Till Blockbuster, like, that's a throwback. Oh, dude, throwback. <laughs> so like two in the morning, get up again, go to class. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know how I passed, but I did. I got my degree, but like that's like all we did. Hey, if it worked. You don't got to question it, right? Yeah, yeah, it got me into lifting and stuff, but shit, now I forgot the whole point of that. What was I saying? You were saying something about uh, the uh, supplements and, and the transparency, and so that's, you right. know, when it comes to show, like... Oh, know. that was the point. Dude, uh, back then, uh, I'll be honest, there was, like, there were, like, legal pro-hormones. Like, yeah, I remember It was that. before Bush, like, outlawed them. Yeah. So, like, George Bush outlawed the pro-hormone. Like, before, like, you could literally go, it was, like, called 1AD, like, you could go to the supplement place, get this shit. And, like, we were kids, so we had no fucking idea what we were taking. But, like, all of a sudden, you just got, like, jacked, dude. No, I, I and know like, exactly what you're talking about. And then you had no idea about, like, post-cycle therapy or anything. So you'd just, like, get jacked, and then, like, you'd run out of the shit, and all of a sudden, you'd be, like, Deflated. feel like a woman, and you're yeah. depressed, and you don't know what the fuck's yeah, going yeah, on. Exactly. And uh, it didn't happen to me too bad, but, like, I remember my buddy, one of my best friends, he was on this pro hormone like back then and he got really jacked and he was dating this girl and they were like engaged and everything. And then like, so right around the time he like ran out of the pro hormone, they like broke up and she split off and like left him. And he was like, I've never seen him more depressed. Cause like, so he's dealing with like coming down from the pro hormone and um, he just got left heartbreak heart, worst heartbreak of his life, dude. Like he was saying like some crazy shit. Like, you know those memes where, like, the dude, yeah. it's, like, that dude from, uh, what is it, Call of Duty, you know? Like, yeah. He was, like, kind of like that. I was, like, getting a little scared. Like, damn, dude, you're going to be okay. But he was, he's fine now. He's, you know, married with kids and everything. But See, it all worked out for him, though. That's one thing I learned in life. Oh, it all works out. It sure. all works out in the end. If, if you're, in the end, everything will be okay. And if yeah. it's not okay, it isn't the end yet. I agree with that. Right? Yeah. It always gets better. Like, young people don't, don't see that as much. Mm-hmm. Cause it's funny, like I'm, I'm in some like, uh, group chats and stuff on Instagram with different companies that I'm, you know, thinking about there's companies that'll like want you to, you know, sponsor you or give you something and have you like promote their products. And so they'll add a bunch of people in these big groups, you know, and then it helps them cause they're selling shit to you and they're getting, you know, athletes to promote their stuff. Uh, but it's kind of cool because there's a bunch of young people in these groups and like, it makes you remember like how dumb you were when you were young because like they're going through like breakups and all this shit and like yeah. all these problems and you're like bro you're gonna be fine like yeah. you know you're like these, these kids are like just like pouring out their hearts and these and it's like dude you'll be fine just like don't don't be a simp and don't you know yeah, like you'll stuff like that, but get like you'll get over it. but it's kind of cool because like you you kind of can give back to some of these people and it's like cool having like this community you know i, I think yeah i think the, the big thing is when you people are going through just adversity is to be able to have time of reflection at, you know, their difficult times in the past. And like, you really got to be strong minded to like be able to look into the past and be like, look, I've dealt with some fucked up shit yeah. in my life, but look, I'm still here standing yeah. today. You know what I'm saying? And like, you look where you are now. So that's what I'll do is if I ever get, feeling down or anything i'll just be like okay but look where you were and where you are now like don't start back don't backslide no you, you, you can't know? give up like on your because if you give up on yourself nobody else is gonna even you know believe in you you know if you don't believe in yourself right. you give up on yourself nobody else is gonna it all starts with you it's, right? and, and if so, you're putting that out in the universe that's what you're gonna get back that i don't believe in myself then people are like i don't believe in that guy he yeah. doesn't even believe in it. yeah yeah exactly. I mean, that's what it is I, I'm, I'm a heavy believer in like 
you know, uh, speaking things into like existence, like, but also it's not just, oh, letting it, you know, the universe take control. You got to have, you have to do your, the work. You got to be an initiative taker. You got to be a go getter. You got to be an alpha. You got to be a dog. You got to want it. Yeah. You know, you, if you want to grow, you want to be better, you know, you want to get out of this, you know, phase of your life. You want to, you know, build a company. You want to be successful. You know, you can speak all that into existence, but if you have no actions to back it up, mm-hmm. what is going to happen? The yeah. universe isn't just going to hand something. Nothing That's has ever huge. been handed to you. You know, no, the universe has never just handed someone. They didn't hand uh, Jeff Bezos Amazon. They didn't hand Tesla to Elon Musk. You know, they didn't hand mm-hmm. Microsoft to, to Bill Gates. Right. You know, they didn't hand these people things. These people wanted to achieve something great. And yes, they, they went after it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They were go-getters. And that's, you know, you got to have that mentality about every situation in your life. Like, if I failed and I'm feeling this way, I got to get up and go again. Right. Because you can't you, stop you, there. You can't stop there. Because, no, because then your story's done. Because yeah, guess what? It's, you can have so many no's, but it only takes one yes to get success. Right. That's, that's why you got to keep going it. through exactly. that. Yeah, so that's super valuable is the idea of action versus words. Because, like... We all know that person that talks and talks and talks. Like, I see them at the bar. They talk and talk. And, yep. But they fail to ever take action. You, you know, know? I, I see that a lot, too. A lot of, man, I'll tell you Well, you up. know, too, because you've started a business. Yeah, but I've also so. seen people really try to hype themselves up and be a lot of talk, especially uh, when I live down in Arizona. It's, it, it's a little bit of a different culture down there. But, you know, these people trying to basically, like, one-up one another all the time. Like, oh, yeah, I got this, this going on, this, this, like. Okay, prove it, you know? Yeah. You say you got all this, this going on, but, you know, why are you rolling up in a fucking Kia and you're having right. your mom pay your rent? Right. You know? Yeah. You yeah, know what? Yeah. Stop, like, you know, stop just spin bullshit in my ear and go actually do something that, you know, it's going to get you to that point where you're, you're telling me you're at because I don't believe you. Yeah, because you it's know? like telling doesn't mean anything. No, you can talk all you want. It's but really just like words. you you will... Yeah, your actions and you, who you are, will basically speak for you. You don't need to yeah. say it. You know what I'm saying? That's it, something about me, too. I stay back and I'm observant. Yeah. If I you're killing it, you don't really have to, like, go tell people you're killing it because, like, they can already see it. Yeah. If you're not killing it and, and you're telling a bunch of people you're killing it, that, I mean, that's, like, that's I see that a lot. I'm the biggest believer in that words can be empty and your actions do all the talking. Like, yeah. I am the biggest believer in that. Like, you know... You can talk, talk, but if you can't walk the walk, then, you know. Well, and as a, bi- as a guy that owns a business, too, you probably have to be careful with who you deal with and stuff like that. Like, because a lot of, you know, like you said, you have to probably look at their actions or their track record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I think about that, too. Like, a lot of people will say things, but it's it's really what you observe. I mean, even if you, like, like a girl or something, like, look at her actions versus, like, what she's telling you or, like. No, 100%. That's why. Know? You know, I'm one of those guys that, you know, if I, let's say I show up to the party and I'm not very social for the first five, ten minutes, you know, say hi to a couple of people and whatnot. I'm just checking it out. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just, I'm observing everybody's vibe and energy. Like, I'm a full scan around the room. Like, it's, yeah. you know, I'm sensing everything. Yeah. And then I proceed how I want to proceed. Okay. You know, after I've made my, I'm very observant. I stay back. I evaluate. Yeah. Then... I move forward, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not just like in a social setting, but that's with people as well, right. you know, on an in individual, like one-on-one basis, you know, I see how people act, what they say, and if they're, you know, their actions are backing what they say to me, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, yeah. that's you know, how you can judge people. Thing, exactly. Not just judge me. That's how, how I learn about how, well, who they are, who you are as a, yeah. as a person, you know, and what your character is like. And so, 
um, if you're really, you know, down to earth, if you're genuine, or if I can sense that you're just, you know, spitting bullshit through your teeth while you're smiling at me. You right, know, I, right. I can, you know, I, I can sense so that. So low tolerance for bullshit, kind of? To- I don't need yeah. that in my life. There's, That's like how I, my dad is like that. Like, he's super low, and I love it. It's yeah, I don't like, try to get involved in nothing that doesn't involve me, you know. Yeah. Uh, I try to keep myself out of things. There's less things that, you know, I try to not get dragged into things either. If it's between two people, I'm like, I ain't mediating this. Like, well, that's about tough. Two really, people that I, I care about, then yeah, I'll be like, listen, you guys got to work out your differences. I know you guys, you know, both care about one another. You guys are friends, and whatnot, but you guys got to work out your differences. You can't be hostile with one another. So, in that, do you like to try to stay neutral? I do. I don't try to side with anyone because, you know, yeah. you're going to piss a lot of people off, and I'd rather just not even get involved and stay in my own lane and focus on what I got to do because why is my problem their problem? You know, why, why is their problem my problem right now? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's like, I don't... Well, because I've noticed that with this podcast, I have to, like, do that because, like... And it's only... It's really rare, but every once in a while, you know, you're dealing with all these different people. And certain people don't like... You know, somebody doesn't like this person, or they don't like... You know, and then so I just have to be like, okay, you know, like... You know, people will tell me shit, like, who they don't like sometimes, and I'm just like, all right, you know, I've gotten along fine with the guy, or, you know, I'm like, okay, just stay neutral. That's another big red flag to me, it's like... Yeah. Why are you telling me that you like him, don't like him? Why does that have anything to do with me? Right. You know, why do I need to know how you feel about a certain person? Right. You know, why are you randomly telling me this? I, well, I what, why do people usually talk shit? It's usually you know, like a envy. It's a yeah. They're either either jealous, or it's like a insufficiency in themselves. So they're yeah. doing it to make themselves feel better. Yeah. Like maybe they feel shitty about themselves. So if they like say like, oh, this person's a piece of shit, it makes them feel better morally yeah. or whatever whatever it is whatever it may be but i just you know those kind of people i uh, i'm not like a, a big fan of it and i try to just be very minimal in the conversations that i have very blunt and yeah. you know I, I try to almost make it known like hey i don't want to talk to you anymore like i'll be very yes okay more direct cool yeah, yeah. nice the back okay he's saying one word like responses to me right now he definitely doesn't oh, feel dude. like conversating i'm oh, like man. okay in my mind i'm like okay thank you I got my point across. Dude, you should try bartending. I did bartend for three and a half years down here. Did you really? Yeah, so actually I started off as actually, a Actually, that makes a lot of sense, dude. Yeah, if you're like, you started the supplement company, I mean, that makes total fucking sense. Because, yeah. like, that's where you get good at talking to people yep. in general. Like, yeah, that helped me a lot with social skills. Networking, yeah. yeah that's why even, even this, like, I never realize if the, the person I have to guest is nervous or whatever, and I forget about it because I'm so used to talking to people, yeah. like, in the bar you know, and then here I'm at my place. It's all, I'm chilled out. Like, I have no problem being in front of the thing talking. And, like, every once in a while I'll get somebody in here. And I'm like, oh, shit, I should, I, w- I hope they're doing okay. Yeah. You no. know, like, and everybody's been cool. But, like, I'm like, oh, for them, this might be the only time they've ever, like, done something where they're in front of, you know, obviously you have a business, so you've done stuff like this. But I've had certain guests where it's like, this is probably, like, the most people they've, you know, put themselves out there too before. And it's like, I always have to remember that, you know? No, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's a different experience for sure. I, I don't think a lot of people get to have this experience, you know? Yeah. And so it, it's definitely something new and people handle their experiences differently. I mean, right. for me, I, I was a, I don't even lie, like I was a little nervous, but I had done some interviews before, like on camera. So I, I was just more excited to yeah. you know, see. Oh, it's so this, fun, dude. This podcast you know who was great at it was Jay. Cause he's just like, He's like, dude, this is fun. It's just like, a, you know, we're yeah. just chilling. I'm like, yeah, dude. And he's pretty open, too. Like, yeah. He'll talk about his issues and shit. So that's all. Always... like, that dude is, you know, has been there for me. Like, I've been there for him. Like, no other man. Like, that kid he's is, a good dude. Is, is a brother from another mother. Even mm-hmm. though we ain't blood, like, kid's like uh, a biological brother to me. I love that kid. And 
Yeah. No, he's been there for me uh, in some of my <sighs> tough, toughest times. And, you know, I've been there for him and we just connect and we have that uh, brotherhood, you know, that's mm-hmm. inseparable. So I, I love that guy. And yes, his personality. He's chilling. He's yeah. very, you know, he's, he's happy. He's vibrant, man. Like, you know, he's just enthusiastic about, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he's passionate. Um, he's passionate right but, now about his uh, photography stuff. Dude, I'm, I'm very happy for him, too, about the way that's been going. You know, he's really putting himself out there, really putting uh, the work in to get his name out there, especially as a brand-new photographer and, like, learning. Right, he uh, told me he's getting up way. every day at 4 in the morning. Yep. He's doing his uh, meal plan, you know, meal prepping, going to the gym, getting back, going to his regular job. Then every night he's he's shooting people. It's like, dude, yeah. that's fucking impressive, man. Yeah, he's got a very busy schedule. That's how you know he's going to, like, he's going to make something happen. You yeah, know? and yeah. he's been wanting to do that for a minute. I could tell it's been something that was, like, a hobby. He told me it was a hobby previously, um, but he just got, like, really back into it and, like, extra passionate. Like it's, he's good at fi- it, too. Yeah, he's got a good eye for uh, for content, too, and, and seeing angles, like, and and you know different shots you know before they even are taken by the camera you know he yeah. can see it he has that vision i think he does dude and i think that kind of ties in with like he's so into fashion and style and shit yep. something about it like all yeah. plays together and he's it makes him like an artist you know like, no definitely I, I, the biggest thing with him too man is that yeah he's he's accepting to uh feedback right and that he, he doesn't want to just focus on uh, a niche you know he wants to to grow as you said like yeah. As a photographer, not just a to be a photographer in a specific niche, but he does want to do, you know, fashion shoots and mm-hmm. other guys. Not just in the fitness world, you know, lifestyle no. content shoots and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually, he's going to be doing a, basically a video uh, documentary, documenting my, my entire prep for me starting December 26th. Dude, that's so, good. So, well, you know, we'll see how that project Are you guys going to put that, like, on YouTube or something? Or? Uh, yeah, it'll be on my personal Instagram page. It'll be probably uh, YouTube. on a YouTube channel uh and we'll see just how everything goes but man it's going to be cool to document the progress through the entire thing and see the yeah that's a great idea product. because you've never done it before so it's like you're going to be taking whoever's watching it on this journey with you yep you know what i mean exactly so it's going to be uh busy like you're you're in the prep with me you know i don't know if it's going to be just one cumulative video that's shown at the end if it's going to be series weekly, like a weekly you, you thing. know a, yeah. a bi-weekly thing yeah we haven't really gotten too much into detail but um I'm excited for it because, you know, you only get one first show. Right. So you can document it. I want to document every bit of it, you know, just uh, I'm really doing it more for also the experience of knowing um, what the athletes that we work with. Well, that's the thing. Like you're working with these athletes. You're making these supplements for these athletes. Now you're going to know what they go through. You're going to have the same experience as them. Exactly. That's the biggest reason I did it. I want to be able to not be someone who's looking from the outside in yeah but also have that perspective of being the athlete and seeing you know what does the athlete need that's also always going to help me enhance the brand and 100 services that we can provide and the products that we can provide to yeah. athletes you know to help them recover better you know to help them get stronger you know get bigger right get so what are, what are some of the big goals for fx in the next year so like i know you guys are like changing up some products for the better that's what tony was telling me like the blends are going to be changing yeah. and i think that is really cool that you guys are focused on like the transparency and everything because for one it's like now you're putting out something that's also healthy so it's like you know what i mean like it's going to work it's going to give you the results you want but it's also safe yes you know what i mean like yeah so that's huge because like like we said there's a lot of shitty supplements yeah so so yeah the the big things that we're working on right now is really expanding uh the product line and it's 
uh, taken quite a bit of research. Um, I do want to give credit to uh, Tony. Yeah. Uh, you know, he is a human encyclopedia when it comes to uh, nutrition. I know. It blew, it blew my mind when he was talking on here. I was like, holy shit. I didn't... Yeah. He was, he's formulating a bunch of new products. You know, he's our R&D guy. Um, he really knows, like, he'll tell you why you need this much of a certain ingredient because it interacts with your narrow, this narrow pathway in this yeah. way. And then you have to counteract or add this to it. So it amplifies this. And then, yep. so he's, you know, I want to give, you know, as much credit as I can to Tony and his knowledge and wisdom that he's bringing to the team. You know, he's really helping this uh, expansion of the product line, but been doing a lot of research and you know how, um, a lot of companies have trended now towards convenience in, in the market. You know, a lot of people don't want to be carrying their big uh, tubs with them everywhere and, and stuff yeah. like that. They'd rather carry the single packet. So we're going to be coming with more convenience uh, products in forms of right. the products that we already have. Mm -hmm. You know, so like our pre-workouts and aminos, also having those in single serving to-go sticks uh, and stuff of that sort. And then expanding the product line to uh, add, a, I should say, about three or four more new products uh, by Q3 of 2023, hopefully. So Hell yeah. And then doing some flavor expansion as well on the proteins, the aminos, and uh, the, the pre-workout. So Yeah, protein flavor is so important, dude. Like, yeah, man. We have some cool ones uh, on the board that, you know, we're, we're getting samples of right now. I don't want to say too much. Can't give away the... Because it's the weird when you're, when you're body... Like, you know, because when you're bodybuilding, you're on this, like, meal plan, but it's, like, almost a treat to have your protein sometimes. Yeah, like. oh, my God. Like, right now, I'm... I'm dreading the, the day that Jordan pulls my Rice Krispies out of my Me my too, dude. They're the best. I, I know I'm going to cherish those, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You gotta Isn't do it funny it how much you look forward to that little one little Rice Krispie treat, yeah. dude? Like, oh, I get two. You get one. That's Well, no, I'm I saying I get two, yeah. two but, oh, okay. uh, but, like, just the idea that, like, it's like, just, and it's not that much, but it's enough where it's like it gives you that little. It gives you that boost, but it gives you, uh, yeah, it satisfies that, like, that like sweet, sweet tooth, that thing. sweet tooth, that, that craving that you get, and helping with your blood sugar too, because you, you haven't had any, right? You know, throughout the whole day, if you're sticking to your meal plan, yeah. You know, do you, what do you ever have issues with that or with the meal plan thing? Um, Me and Jay were talking about that. Like, I'm usually pretty good. After I got really lean for a while, I had this weird period where I just like had such a sweet tooth, and it was right after I got really really lean a few months ago, and and now I've got it back under control, but like. I would just like, I was just like craving for sweet shit. You know, I, it's, it's funny you say that because sometimes I do, but it's not really so much a, a sweet thing. Like my kryptonite is those uh, pretzel bites that are filled with peanut butter. Oh yeah. That is anything like, like leave that. those around me. Like there's just, certain things I found. I just can't have them around. Yeah. And so like, he goes out of the house. Like, yeah, that time. can't have it. No. During bulking, I was like, okay, it's fine. You know, sometimes like on a Saturday night, I want to get that cheat meal. Well, if you get a cheat meal, it's different. Yeah. 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 So I, I really, I'd take full advantage of that cheat meal. Yeah. But, you know, when I get to that prep, because I've kind of done like a 12 week prep uh, in a sense, you know, we're getting ready for photo shoots and stuff for content shoots for FX and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Goes to, but I've never done a 16 week prep. So this is going to be different. But um, I used to be actually like, fairly obese uh back until my junior year of high school and so yeah that's I mean, so dude i yeah. was chubby as a junior in junior high too yeah like i was tall and skinny by senior year but i find this in bodybuilders so much yeah dude and i've seen like some crazy transformations yeah dude, i used to be five like my junior year i was five foot five right now five seven and a half yeah so it's five foot five and i was 212 pounds damn yeah i was fluctuating between size 36 and 38 waist it makes sense so right? think about when we grew up all right 
just like TV, pizza pockets. Fucking That's what I'm saying, dude. My, Nintendo. My was jet, like my nutrition yeah. was shit. Like, yeah, I was hitting the gym. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you can only gain so much if your nutrition is not on point. So when I was looking back, you know, reflecting, you know, back in my time and when I was in that period of my life and what I was eating during those school lunches, I was like eating double school lunches, pizza, and then a, you know, chicken teriyaki burrito yeah. and then getting a vanilla shake with oh, different cookies yeah, in it. And dude, I was, and then having freaking frappuccinos from Starbucks, and I was like, dude, looking back, I was like, I was eating like such a piece like of shit, shit. Yeah. like such a piece, like no wonder I was two hundred twelve goddamn pounds. Right. Like, are you kidding me? And so then by my sophomore year of college, I actually dropped all the way down to one fifty two. Just because you cleaned up the diet a little well, bit. Well, yeah, but and I was, and working out more maybe. Working out more and incorporated a lot more cardio. Obviously, when you're that big, you don't like doing cardio. Mm-hmm. And so my junior year summer going to my senior year. Uh, actually dropped down from 212 to like 180 yeah and then from my senior year until my sophomore year i went down all the way down to 152 but that was like a bad 152 i didn't know what i was doing dieting you know i've done that before yeah you know i was literally like pulling majority cars i could have a piece of toast and then i'd be eating like egg whites uh and chicken breast and, and ground turkey and basically spinach right out of the the box that you get from safeway and that would be like what i'd be eating on on the daily and i was like so out of energy but i was like super lean but you could see my ribs like I was no it wasn't healthy muscle, right? yeah. muscle mass i think everybody that bodybuilds or, or it gets into lifting has had that period where they were like basically starving themselves yeah and just like i had that like i was in wrestling and i was trying to i got into like intermittent fasting which are like i don't have anything against it it's fine but i just took it too far i'd really? be like holding the fast way too long and then i just wasn't eating enough and I was, like, chasing this level of leanness, not realizing that actually what I needed to do was, like, put on muscle, then get lean. You yep. know what I mean? Like, so that was another thing with uh, working with Jordan is, like, realizing how much, you know, you have to, like, bulk and put on size before you can get lean. Yeah. Yeah, because you're scared of it if you're somebody that's ever put on fat, you know. Like, you're just, like, worried about getting like that It again. took a lot. It took a lot for me to, like commit to that's why they always say like trust the process type of thing yeah you know that's why it took a lot for me to commit to a bulk is in the back of my head well yeah and and you're like you get used to kind of like looking lean and looking good and you like to dress nice and look a certain way right it's like you know and then you're gonna bulk so it's like fuck i gotta buy a bunch like big t-shirts and shit and like my dress pants don't fit no more yeah (laughs) it's It's different though like when you're bodybuilding you end up looking kind of cool when you're bulking you know like if you do it right if you do it right if you're not eating a bunch of shit yeah you know if you're doing your bulk right but that's that's the thing like also when i came to realization was when i was at nationals you know because at this point i already decided to do emerald cup yeah so when i went to go watch uh frankie uh and ashton Yes. Um, out there uh, and, and Ryan yeah. uh, competing in nationals in Vegas when I saw the overall winner and you know he was just a half inch taller than me but I was weighing stage weight at like 175 and then he walked off stage and walked right by me and I saw how goddamn big his shoulders were yeah. I was like okay I need to commit to a bulk if I'm right. going to you know like yeah. I thought I was good where I was at previously lean but no nah, I need to put on some size and so that's when I knew like I had to fight that like fear of getting obese again, oh dude i know and you know and committing and trusting that process because i knew i have one of the best coaches in the game backing me and supporting me and guiding me through this process you know i put my you trust do. in jordan hubbard yeah and and he is you know taking me uh leaps and bounds in, in progress and you know i can only wait to see what you know we look like on on show day and what we bring dude, to the table you're gonna look i feel like that's what's gonna happen to me though is like 
this show, I'm going to re- like look so fucking skinny, and then I'm going to be like, fuck, I need to get so big over the next year. You See, know what I'm saying? Like, that's I'm what I'm worried about. I've been training for this like almost, if in a sense, since I started with yeah. renovation, you know, because I've been living that lifestyle of... Right, so even when you were saying like you're you signed on with them as like uh, general health or whatever, and that's what I did too. But I wasn't treating it like that. I was yeah. treating it like I, I'm gonna like follow this plan exactly. I'm not just trying to be like a regular person. I want to get big. I want to get like yeah. looking the best I've ever looked. You know, so like, and I think it's gonna be another year of bulking before I even am happy with how I look. But I'm, this show's gonna be dope. You, you know? know, and that's one thing about Jordan though. He's not gonna. He will not put you on stage if he doesn't think you're ready and if you don't feel. Yeah, ready. and I know I'm ready. I'm just like, you know, we're never satisfied. So no, you can't be, you know. That's the thing. You gotta yeah. know, like th- that's how it is with me and my mindset. Just not just in, in like bodybuilding, but oh, in, in life, in, in life, you know. Uh, I hit my goal. I'm like, all right, what's next? Well, you sh- and that's good. You know, and you next? should always be like kind of self-critical too. And that's why that's why your product has changed probably with the brand so much because like. You're not going to become stagnant with it, right? Like, no, you, you don't gonna, want to. You have to be ever adapting to and to competing. The industry. Yeah, you, know, you have to be competitive with your with the other brands and and what you're able to offer. Because when it really comes down to it, what else do you offer other than just supplements? Because guess what? Every fucking brand offers mm-hmm. supplements. Yeah, you know what else does your? How are you going to make it, yourself better and different? You know, right? How are you going to different? Do you provide your customers with you know educational pamphlets in in their orders to educate them about the product that they're taking yeah you know or do you provide a personal touch in the product uh orders like a handwritten note so that you know the customer feels that personal touch that you actually care about them as yeah yeah they're not just another number in your in your database but you actually have a connection with them right to help motivate them and and really that's what it comes down to is like you have to be able to differentiate yourself you know whether it be in business or whether it be in you know the sport of bodybuilding whether it just be in life, you know, nobody wants to be. A well, even like cutter. podcasting, like yeah. how are you gonna how are you gonna make yourself better than the other? You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, and you know, and I don't even know that yet, but I'm yeah. just saying like there, there's like that, like millions of them. So it's yeah. like, what do you got to offer? Like, you know, me, I used to be a pro wrestler, so that kind of yeah. helps. Like, I don't know, but you have to find that thing for sure. Yeah. What What do you see as yourself? Like, you know, being a former pro wrestler, what insight on life has that given you? Well, I feel like that gives me something like a little bit of. Um, you know, I'm not just like, I've got something that I've done in the past that some people find interesting, I guess. You know what I'm okay. saying? So it's like, I guess that kind of helps a little bit, you know? Like, okay. like, who is this guy? Oh, he had WWE tryouts and all this stuff. Like, yeah. So I think it just helps a little bit than if I was just anybody doing it. Or like, if you say like you're a bodybuilder and you've done a bunch of shows and you've won a bunch of shows, I feel like that would give you an edge on as a podcaster because it's yeah. like... He's done something, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, just... Well, what about your experiences? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, like, I've been through, you know, when it comes down to, like, being mentally tough, you know? Oh, yeah, I definitely. that I have been through some shit where I've had to dig deep down, you know, deep, deep down to push to myself going. through. Whether it be physical workout, like, hell week during the middle of the summer for football back in high school yeah. whether it be you know losing uh my best friend and brother back in 2019 and having to dig down and keep pushing forward in life you know he was the closest person to me and then and having to realize fx so like having to realize like i have to keep living without this person yeah but someone you never down, thought yeah but having to deal with that adversity and overcome it you know that's given me how was how was that man that had to be tough man that was 
Because yeah. it's like it's like a thing where you, you don't think you're ever going to be without this. And now you realize, oh, I have to go live life alone without this person I thought was always going to be here. Yeah, man. It's, man, it's crazy because, like, me and his name was also Ali. Uh, we've known each other since we were uh, in first grade. But my yeah. dad and his dad grew up together overseas in Lebanon in the same hometown in a village up in the mountains of a population of 2,000 people. So that's right? a connection, man. Right. And then I find out. So I did, you know, this is kind of off topic, but kind of on topic. I did 23 and Me after he passed, right? Yeah. And when I got my results back, I actually found out that he was my third cousin. Oh, she is related, too. We, we didn't know. He has a brother who's one year uh, younger than me. Not even one year. He's seven months. Six yeah. months younger than me. And so he's a... Uh, and but, you're still close with him? Oh, yeah. Uh, we talk daily still, you know. Uh, we're, we're very, very close. But having to deal with that, man, was uh, incredibly tough because, you know, it was just so... Sudden, I remember my dad calling me at 5 a.m. and I, I didn't answer. And then he called me, he texted me, he goes, call me back and it's an emergency. And then I called him back and I just, that whole day was just, you know, yeah, it's engraved into my brain. But, you know, having to push myself forward after you know, that, after that uh, it also gave me a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he was also the co-founder of FX with me. Yeah. He, he you know, Damn, created dude. this brand with me. Yeah. And I vowed to myself after his passing that I would stop at nothing to, until mm -hmm. I took this thing to the top, until I was up there with Ghost, until we were up there with Cage Muscle, until we were yeah. up there, you know, with all these brands, with, with Rise and, you know, you name it, Gorilla Mine, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's, you know? that's making me feel passionate you for know? you, and man. So like... that's like, that's, I vowed to myself that I wouldn't stop you know, and I won't stop even when we get to the top. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep So that's, top. that's like something you can use anytime you probably feel like if you have a day where you don't feel good or you want to like quit or you want to, you probably think about that, right? A lot, like, man. Like he's, there's not a day that goes by that, that he doesn't. And that keeps you like, look, like, like I, I'm tired. I, I don't want to do this today, but I fucking have to, because this mm. is, this is something it's like my purpose. Yeah. I think exactly. that's really powerful, dude, because purpose in life is, like, the most important thing. Exactly. Know? And I don't want to say that I didn't feel like I had a purpose before, but it definitely brought out more of, of you know, that ambition and that drive mm -hmm. in me to yeah. push myself and, and push this brand, you know, to succeed. Um, because I wasn't just doing it for myself anymore, you know. Yeah. I was doing it for, you know, my brother that I lost and, and his name, too. Well, they always say everything becomes more powerful when you start doing it, not just for selfish, but for like, you know, everything you're doing, if you're, you're doing it to help other people in a sense, like even if it's something you love and it is kind of your thing, but you're doing it for like, like good reasons, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. they, those are usually more successful because it's like, there's more, it's more of a purpose than just like, you know, for yourself, you know? Exactly. Because, okay, if you do it for yourself and you, you know, you feel fulfilled, you're like, okay, I can stop but when you know that there's something else driving you other than that you know it, it keeps you motivated not just that like it keeps you wanting to achieve more because you're like okay if i've gotten to this level you know what else can i achieve you know yeah. i've gotten here what's next like i said that's always my mentality what's what's next what's the next goal to achieve you know what's the next step what's the next tier that keeps you, you know? from getting stagnant no because you always want to continue just like in business, but with yourself, you know, you always yeah. want to keep evolving, you know, whether it be your business or within life, you know, as a person, as a right. human, you want to keep growing and, and evolving and hundred percent of yourself. So like, if I look at myself like five years ago, I'm a different person now. 
I would be so pissed at myself if I looked back five years ago and I was exactly the same as I am right now. I would be I'd be livid. so mad at myself. Dude. I'd be livid if nothing changed because even like what? two years, you know, it's like, come on, dude. dude Twenty three year old me was a menace. Yeah. And down in yeah. you know, living in, in Scott single me in Scottsdale, being a menace bartender man was not Something I like to do. That's so I wild. Mean, so. What, what did you do bartending? Do you like a lot of mixed drinks? And like, yeah, what so, kind of bar was it? Uh, so I worked at uh, Whiskey Rose where I bartended. And then when uh, I left there, I became a bar back again uh, at Hi Fi Kitchen and Cocktails and yeah. uh, then bar back at Casamigos. But when I was bartending at uh, Dick's Bentley's Whiskey Row, uh, it was, you know, it was a volume bar. It wasn't a lot of mixology and craft drinks. It was high volume, you know, taking. Yeah three or four different people's orders at a time, grabbing all their cards, yep. trying to memorize where drinks go where, running all the cards, opening tabs, yeah. you know, having 40 different beer taps, you know. Some yeah. of them didn't even have the handle. They were just labeled with a white label. Yeah. And so you'd have to sometimes memorize, like, which what one was where because it would take too damn long to, like, walk around the bar to, like... To check to the sheet. So you have to like, put your yeah. hand underneath and be like, okay, I remember Corona's, you know, three from... The back on the inside, right? All right, here's So Corona. you'd find one that was a marker, like this one does have a tap handle, and I remember yeah. that Corona's three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, little, little tools like that. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Make little chips like that. So. It's wild how bartending, how much stuff, like, because I remember that too. Like, the, the place I work now is just like, it's a craft beer bar, and it's excellent. Um, great place and everything, but it's, What's you it know. What's it called? Where do you work? Uh, Postdoc Brewery. Okay. So it's it's by the dog park. We allow dogs, kids, everything. Oh, there's a lot of dogs. It, I, got, I got a Roddy I'll bring by. Oh, bring them in, dude. Yeah, it's a great place if you have dogs. It's like, and they always have food trucks and stuff, good stuff. Um, but, but you know, as far as like what you were just talking about, super easy. We have 10 taps and that's it. They change yeah. a lot. I mean, I guess the thing you have to do there is like learn about the craft beer you know, the lingo and like, what's an IPA? What is this? What's a it's hazy hoppy. IPA, West Coast IPA? It's more hoppy and piney. It's yeah. more citrusy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because these people, they're pretty chill where we're at. It's more of a laid back bar, but they're still a little bit lean towards that craft beer where they get really into the beer knowledge yeah. and well, stuff. Well, that's Seattle, you know. That's Seattle in how general, many, dude. How many different microbreweries do you have in Seattle? It's bro? crazy. There's, there's so many, like. Little local breweries that are in all these grocery stores and whatnot. So, Isn't it wild, dude? It's a huge industry here. Huge industry here. And that's yeah. the thing. A lot of people love... I don't know how it's started and how it's grown so much, but people just love brewing their own beer up here, I guess. Yeah. I don't... And, I mean, hey, that's that's a passion of theirs, but, you know, yeah. I prefer to just drink it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not, not my thing, but I, I've learned enough to uh, be able to help customers. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, like, Especially when you got to, like, people are like, oh, do you guys have... Heineken, it's like, no, but you got to know what beer basically is going to be very similar, the close thing to Heineken of what you guys got on on draft. And you got to be able to make that. Like if they ask me for an amber, I know what's going to be closest. Or they ask me for, like you said, a Heineken. We have a blonde that would be pretty good. Exactly. Stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's cool, man. But yeah, uh, before that, I was in a sports bar that was reminded me a lot more of what you were talking about because it was like madness it's madness and it was like split check 15 ways with 15 different cards and like you know everybody was ordering and like substitute they had food too so it'd be like i want my burger with no onions add bacon do this uh sub this side add this side 
don't want that sauce. I want this sauce, extra ranch on. The, it was crazy, dude. I agree. It, and you got so good at it, like so fast. The, the, the POS system, dude. When you were just behind there, and you just be clicking Isn't that all crazy? the buttons because you memorized that thing. Is because like, you're behind there, dude. So I was much. so fast at the POS system back there, like you said. You're just like click, 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 yeah. click, boom, done, and so fast. I don't know how I did it now. Yeah, thinking back, I'd like, like go back and I'd like to see that POS and see if I still could remember it, dude. Man, like, I don't know. if. I don't think I could. I don't think I could either. Or I'd have to be behind the bar for a little bit before I could get like back yeah. into the. Because now it's bartending. simple. It's like ten beers and it. That's it. You yeah, know, you're like, not even pouring like drinks. Drinks. You know, like no, like no. like a soda or anything like that, which is is the most commonly ordered drink. Obviously, I worked at Dub Pub for a little bit when I first worked here, and that was like a sports bar, and we did a lot of mixture. That was pretty yeah. cool. See, I want to open up like having the experience of working in these bars slash clubs because they're. They're restaurants like during the day, but they close the kitchen at nine thirty. Yeah. They clear all the stools out. They clear all like the, the, the chairs around the tables, and then their bottle service table. So it converts to a club at ten. Oh damn! And then okay. bottle service happens, and then all that kind of stuff, and it gets packed like three hundred, four hundred people in, in the Dude, club. Dude, that's a good business too. So, because I mean, I I know a lot about like where they make their money, man. It's not off the the Tito's. It's not off the bottle service, man. It's off. They're well vodka. It's off their well whiskey. Okay. The bottom tier stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, for, I think that's most bars. Like, yeah. the, the dive bars, especially, dude. Like, well, that's where your biggest profit margin is. Even the one I had, they had like a gun that, like, they just press it so that, like, the pour was exact. Like, that's how much, you know, like, they're oh, that they careful. That luxury. No, they, they had us do pour tests and everything. But Yeah, I was more into the pour tests. Like, yeah. I, I think that's, like, not as classy when you go to a place and they push a little button for your well vodka. Yeah. I'm like, nah, just get your bar. That should just be your you soda like, gun. That's all you got to do. You know, yeah. it's got all the cranberry soda water, sweet, sour, whatever, all that. But that shit was kind of fun because, like, those kind of bars um, – like the one I worked at, they they always showed like the UFC pay per views and stuff. Yeah, so like exactly. You knew you were gonna have a great night because for one, you got to see the pay per view for free, you know, on tons of big screen TVs. And the other thing, it was gonna be fucking packed, so you're gonna make like tons of money that yep, night. Exactly. I kind of miss those days a little bit. Dude. The, the like, tip outs at some of those, you know, bartenders, you know, as bartenders that you make in, in those nights, like even as barbacks, you know, I can't imagine like in Seattle, someplace busy, dude. I always think about that, and but I'm always like. God, do I want to go do that and be up till like three in the morning? Uh, no, man, I, I don't miss that getting home. At I don't think I can do it anymore. I don't miss that at all. But like, obviously, some people are, you know, that is their life, and you know, I know. But you're um, gonna make six, five hundred, six hundred bucks a night easy. Dude, I know it's crazy. No, I know one girl. I bet they make more, don't they? When was it? Twenty seventeen was my last. Was my last like full year in the industry? Yeah. Was when I was working at High Fine, every year they have. Uh, the Waste Management Open, right? It's the same as Super Bowl week. Okay. Right? So they host the Waste Management Open uh, golf tournament down in Scottsdale, and it's probably the biggest, you know, four-day, like, day party. Like, people should not get that absolutely trashed at watching golf. But yeah. they they make they it do. a party, you know? They do bottle service, all that kind of stuff. So I know this one girl, she she worked at the bottle service tent up at the, um, the Open, and over there, the table minimums, we're 10k, right? So think about a 20% autograph on, on a 10k tab. That's a minimum, right? So people that are just balling, you know, how the hell money. do I work at a place like that? Damn. Right? Well, you gotta have uh, fake titties uh, first yeah, of all. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you gotta have, look hot as you fuck. Gotta, you yeah. gotta be able to look good in some lace lingerie. So, yeah. um, she worked there during the day, and then 
tables because this is the same year that the Super Bowl was in Arizona when Russell uh, threw that pick to the Patriots. Okay. So she worked. Oh no, that was no, that was no, no, that was after, way yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. So, but regardless, she worked that night at Hi-Fi, and there's places like those tables are five K minimums on the outside, like. 7.5k on the inside you want dj booth tank holy shit so her total tip out between the waste management open table that day and the tables that she worked that night at hi-fi mm-hmm. i think was around 23k jesus christ that dude. one night it took them like they didn't have enough cash to save obviously they made a lot of money but they didn't have enough cash to save so they couldn't give her like her tip out all at once they had to do it over a four-week span that's insane, dude. Think about making 23K in one night. I would love that. Yeah, who yeah. wouldn't? But I mean, honestly, like... I'd love to make that in one month, dude. dude same. You know talk, talk about that. Like, so, Shit. obviously, like, some people are cut out for that kind of job just because, you know, they excel at it. You know, yeah. they're, they're good at what they do and they know how to take care of the... Well, it's like she's like, have. she's probably, like you said, you got to have fake titties, mm-hmm. you got to look like this, but I mean, I bet she's good, too. Like, like a lot of those girls, like, have they get clientele, good. you know, that... You know, if they're good to their clientele and they have good service, you know, they'll give them, like, oh, I love that, that server that we had last time. She was very attentive and all that kind of stuff. You know, they'll... They want that specific they want that server. server. again. Yeah. And so, basically, they'll just take uh, get the work number of the server and let them know when they're going to be coming in for a table. So yeah, I want her to sets, be there that night. Yeah, so that she'll set it up and then she'll make sure that she's their server. So, then you basically just have a book of clients that are under you that just basically want to come see you and buy a table and therefore those are your tips you know what i'm saying and you know you're gonna be making that good money that night yeah obviously that was like an exception but i'm just saying like but in general in general you know they uh yeah like she wasn't making that kind of money every night night, obviously but but like in the bartending gig man like over there shoot if you come in at like the 8 p.m shift or even 10 p.m shift and it's absolutely slammed that i you said there's a pay-per-view event or something like that a ufc fight and you know you clock in four hours on the bar clock you know you're gonna there's, make some money. You know, even if you just work for that four-hour shift or five. It's hours gonna be secondly, stressful. That's the thing. Uh, some people can't do it because it's really stressful. Bro, I would drink like we call them yimmies. Yeah. And you basically put a double shot of Jameson over ice and put a uh, splash of ginger ale. Just in drink it, it. and then yeah. squeeze a lime. You put two straws in it. You drink it like a shooter. I take like three of those behind the bar just so I could like ease my sense, like calm myself down because I knew if people started oh, guess messing with me, like and like yelling at me trying to get drinks and and whatnot, <sighs> yeah. I was gonna flip on them. So I was like, I need to calm myself so I'm not. Do you think that's you the know? hardest part about bartending? I think the hardest part is keeping your cool, basically. Oh yeah, um, you know, because it's it can be high stress and like, and then there can be people that are just not happy no matter what, yeah. and they're gonna try to make. They're gonna try to project that onto you and get you pissed off. You just gotta yeah. stay chill. Yeah, you no, know, you just gotta. You can't times. let them affect you. It's like Trust me, I've seen some some of my friends, you know, behind the bar get pissed off at clients, and they had every right to do so too because it was like right. You know, I've had to learn over the years how to because uh, I've blown up at people before. Yeah, and it took a few times where, and then I figured out how to not, you know, take things personal or you know. It wasn't so much personal. It was more like. Well, okay, sometimes like I would situations. say these people actually deserved what I said to them, you know, yeah. but like, it's not my place as a bartender and it's like, you know, and I'm working for, so I don't want to ever do that to my employer either. Cause it's like, it's his bar. So like, it's not my place yeah. to like, even if this person is being a piece of shit, it's not my place to tell them like they're yeah. the customer. I'm just going to be like, whatever. Well, to what point though are they the customer? Cause I've been in situations where someone's racked up like a $250 bar tab. They go to close out at the end of the night and they're the last one 
in the bar while we're still counting money to about because guess what they're on the phone with their bank because their card's getting declined because oh no that would be different yeah Yeah, yeah, that's what i'm saying like i've had deal with like stuff like that where it's like i just i need to just chill Chill like let the manager take care of this because you know and then okay now the card gets approved and then they sign their check and it's like Oh, you didn't even leave a fucking tip, and you racked up two hundred fifty dollars. Right, that so that's like, what kind of asshole. Yeah, because you? you were thinking like their card wasn't going to get approved, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're an asshole to them. And then no, they're... I'm not even an asshole to them. They're the asshole because they're like, oh, my card's approved now. It's the end of the night. They just signed the check that their their card got, you know, approved to have the transaction, but they don't leave a tip. So oh, it's like, then I'd be pissed. Yeah, exactly. So I learned the hard way from that being stumped a few times where people have racked up hundred dollar tabs, hundred fifty dollar tabs, two hundred dollar tabs. And, and didn't tip me, so basically brought it up to the manager so that I wouldn't get frustrated anymore. And he just gave me the green light to every tab that's $100 or more. Put that 20%. 20% autograd on it. Just do that. You're you like, have to you. sometimes, dude. You, you know, you just can't unless, you know, people, you know, there's a lot of times where my boys would come in, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my friends, and I would just give them, I would charge them a penny for, yeah. for the night. But they'd throw me 350 bucks in tips. Yeah, you know dude. what I'm saying? Fuck yeah! Because I I gave him I paid support out a whole bottle of Casamigos tequila for him throughout the night and yeah. then put it out you know as a complimentary. But right, know, we were able to do that too. Like my my boss where I used to work, like he would let us do stuff like that. Like if it was a big group or something, give them some drinks for free. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Manager shots or, or you know something like that, and they'll take care of you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you got to know, you know, you, you work it that way because then you also even though you split the tapes, it helps out your other coworkers too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and it's not like they don't have booze to spare. Like I said, when they used to do the liquor orders, I know how much booze they're they're ordering. Like, mm-hmm. dude, the the company worked for called EEG. They store everything at Bottle Blonde, but it was like accessible for the other bars as well within Old Town that were also owned by EEG. So yeah. everybody's stock was basically over there. So from their liquor orders, they order like 150 cases of Pinnacle Vodka in one liquor order. Yeah. You know, because a lot of those bottles of well vodka, they go out to they're free making, promo. They're making so much uh, profit, aren't they, off those? Oh, my God. So, like, I remember, like, when we did the math, it came out to, like, they were getting their bottles of Pinnacle Vodka, like, 150 cases for, like, almost $2.50 a bottle. Yeah. And you got to think about, they charge $9 a well drink. Yeah, that's right? insane, One dude. bottle for 18 drinks. So, if you pour one drink, you've already made... You know, you already yeah. three X on that yeah. bottle, and you still have another seventeen drinks to pour out of that. God, that man. bottle. That's wild, dude. Right. So yeah. you're making, you know, two hundred ninety something. No wonder dollars. so many people get into bars. Yeah, two hundred ninety something dollars off of a two dollar fifty cent bottle of vodka. Right. You're profiting two hundred ninety something bucks. Yeah, I think uh, like the bar I used to work at. I wonder how many like bottles just walked away and stuff. Like our coworkers and yeah. stuff. I feel like there's a lot of coworkers that were just like taking shit, you know. Dude, I mean, there were. I mean, they do inventory counts, so like, and they had cameras everywhere. Like, these are, like, this is a hundred and fifty, two hundred million dollar company. I think even bigger. So now. they would have got caught. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, there's nothing that goes undetected within that company, man. Like, and they they do a very good job. EG does a very good job with the way that they set up. That's their, a good thing. So the place places. I worked was a little bit like that's the reason they even shut down. There was a lot of. There, there, there's a lot of bad, bad shit going on. Even when I got hired, she was like, you know, because I moved here from Iowa, so nobody knew me here when I started. And when the lady hired me, I was just like, damn, she like does not know like who I am at all. So like, 
it was like she was taking a chance on me just hiring me because like i think she had had a lot of shitty people work for her so she was really defensive and i was also really desperate to find a decent employee right and so i was like new thinking like jesus i can't believe she thinks that i would ever be like you know i'm just like this like you know fresh-faced dude from iowa like i've never stole anything in my life you know like but i was like oh i don't know what she's been through so clearly she's been through some shit like well exactly a lot of drugs in there i think there was a lot of like theft and stuff like that but yeah so i mean that can obviously like any night but so i'm super thankful that i got that job because then it did establish me like it was so much easier to get the next and the next job because like you once you work at a place you get like a you know people know who you are they know your character they know so then the next job easy so you'll get a good review then you can get a job easier that's how it was with me you know going from whiskey row to Hi-Fi Whiskey Row is owned by one company that also owned El Jefe, where I worked at before that, mm-hmm. um, which is also in Old Town, right across the street. So they own both of those uh, clubs. And then, you know, but Old Town is like a big square. and People bar hop everywhere. And the rest of the majority of the bars over there slash clubs are owned by EEG. So it's like all employees with even from both companies all know each other. Even the general managers know each other yeah. from different companies because they're all so close. You see each other every dude. That day was day. probably an awesome gig, yeah. really. Well, it's like being it in off. that spot where everybody goes bar hopping, so yeah. you know you're gonna be busy like every night almost. It was, uh, you know, majority of the nights like it's crazy. Like, dude, we would have. I worked at Casamigos was my last place I worked, and it's like they had Taco Tuesdays, and then just one Tuesday it just started to pop off after 10 p.m. I'm like. Why are people going out on a Tuesday? Just happened. You know? Yeah. And it just started popping off ever, like, since this one Tuesday. And it then just they, became a thing. It became a thing. Yeah. And then they started doing bottle service on Tuesdays. Yeah, that's wild, you know? dude. You never know, like, how something like that's going to happen and start. Yeah. And then once it becomes a thing, it becomes a thing. And then more people hear about it, then more people go. And yeah. it's, it's like. But I'm also like, how many degenerates are there in Scottsdale that want to go out on a Tuesday? Well, that's why. I have jobs tomorrow? Yeah, I mean that's just a, it's a, it's just the thing, dude. Like that's why, like at bars, when they start something like a, um, you know, like a trivia night or whatever, they say like you really got to do it for a number of months before it takes off. You yeah. know, like so, like at the beginning when you're trying to start or like you're doing a line dancing night or a fucking whatever, like you can't like lose hope right away. You got to like wait for it to become a thing, and once it does, all of a sudden it's like because trivia nights. I remember like the the last bar I worked at. It took them a while where it just wasn't happening, and then all of a sudden it was like every Wednesday night was fucking slammed, you know, yep. trivia night. And it's like, they're like, damn, I'm glad we didn't stop trying to do that, you know. Like, no, exactly. Well, think about it. That's, I feel like that applies to any aspect of life. Like, you know, you keep fit. Like, everything fail, we're fail, doing, fail. dude, you got to keep you know? going because it's like it's little by little. And like a lot of times they say just when you think you're like, fuck, that's when it starts happening again. Consistency you know? like, is the biggest key to any aspect if you're trying to succeed at yeah. something. You got to consistently be uh motivated and like active and like and like you know you got to take the initiative you know it's that thing it's going back to what you said about action yep and you have to do it whether you feel like it or not that day yeah that's the biggest thing i've learned as i've gotten older is just fucking like having a plan and executing it regardless of emotions i don't feel good today i'm sad today who cares like do it fucking anyway do whatever you're supposed to do Get up and do it the same way you would have done it if you were in a great mood. Like, you just have to do it. No one cares. Work harder. Yeah, I love that. That's like Cameron Haynes, yeah, you know? You ever exactly. follow that dude? I love that exactly. guy. Exactly. No one cares. Work harder, dude. Like I get so much more value out of that kind of shit as I get older than being coddled. Yeah, I don't want to be coddled. I, I yeah. don't want no, like, sympathy, like, you know, or, oh, I feel, like, bad that he's... A- no, I'm going to get my ass up every day, and I'm going to keep pushing to my goals. Like, you know, I don't need your sympathy pain. I don't, 
you know, need you to feel sorry. I don't ever want that. Like, no, like, I'm a man. I got a set of balls, and I'm fucking going to grab life by its fucking horns, and I'm going to fucking take it. it. I'm going to fucking take it. Nobody's (laughs) stopping me, and that's the mentality you got to have every day. Like, I don't care if you feel like shit, you feel like you don't want to, you feel energetic. No, if you want something, you're going to go get it, whether you're feeling extra motivated, whether you're not feeling motivated, whether you have energy, whether you don't have energy, you know, you want something that bad, you want to succeed that bad. Yep. You're not going to stop. I love that, dude. You know, that's like, awesome. You know, especially when you have a purpose, like we talked about, when you have a goal and you're not just doing it for yourself anymore. Yeah, I think you, you know? have to set the goal and find out what it is you want to do and then go do it and then do it like what you just said. You just have to go do it. Yeah. You know? And you're going to fail. Like, dude, I've, I've hit times in, you know, running this business where I've faced uh, financial crisis moments where I've had to, you know, let employees go short term and then bring them back, you yeah. know, when the brand was just taking, you know, starting to take off. Yeah. You know, we were, we're facing some financial issues and then it's like, okay, that blew over. Now we're in a good spot. You know, you now just, I can bring you if, back. If I would have stopped that point, let that take me over and just said, I'm done with this. You know, mm-hmm. if I, if I would have just said that, you know, Oh, did all those today? times where you said, would have said, I'm done with this. That would have been the end of your story. That's, I think that's what you have to do is just keep going. It's the keep yeah. going thing. Like, yeah, because it's like that with, like, lifting, too, I feel like. You just have to keep going. Like, you're going to have bad weeks that are kind of shitty. and like Dude, There have been a number of days where I've just been like, all right, time to go get this workout done with Jordan. You yeah. know, because he, he, I'm training with him right now twice a week. And oh, it's, it's like, awesome training with him. Yeah, yeah. So he's coaching me. Uh, coaching but I know those mornings where you're just like, fuck. Or even after work, you know, I've, I've just been at work for eight hours and, like, depleted, dealing with a bunch of stuff. And it's like, okay. I got to nut up and, and do this because guess what? I don't train for second place. And if I'm training to win this competition, you know, I know that there's people out there trying to outwork me. You know, like, you know, like David Goggins, that, that dude, uh, no. he's like a uh, Navy SEAL and everything. He wrote a book. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast and he's like, he's friends with Cameron Haynes, the guy that you just uh-huh. were talking about. And he does like, uh, I think he had, he had the world record for pull-ups for a while and stuff. And like, he does a lot of long distance running and stuff. And he says that too. Like he says like some days he'll like, and he runs like every day, like he has no day and he'll stretch for two hours every day, no matter what they said. Like even when he went to visit Cameron Haynes and his wife and like they made supper for him and everything. And he had to go do his two hours of stretching and Cameron's wife's like, Oh, just take it off tonight. You're here visiting. What do you, he's like, Oh no, no, I do this every day. You don't get it. But like he said, like he'll get up in the morning to run and he's running. Like, I don't know how many, like, hundreds of miles so i don't know how many miles he does a day but it's like way more than you the average person but he said some days he'll get up and stare at his uh sneakers for like a half hour before he can get himself to actually put them on and go but he still goes yeah so he said like that's the thing he's like even even him this guy who's like famous for running famous for being the, like the hard ass like he'll still have a moment where he just like doesn't want to do it and he'll sit there like motherfucker we're only human He'll sit there and look at his shoes like, all right, let's fucking go. And then a half hour later, he finally gets them on and he goes yeah. and does the shit. But well, like I said, like, he still gets it. So per, if you're going to procrastinate, whatever, but make sure you still get the shit done that day. Like, But that's the thing. You don't want to get to that level of procrastination because that. Well, then that your day's your over. Discipline. Well, that's you know? what I'm saying. That's the other thing about procrastination. It's like now I procrastinated too late and I got to go to work and I just missed my lift. Or yep. Like, so you can't really procrastinate no. too long. You know? No, you, you can't. And that's what it comes down to. Like you're. Like I said, your, your discipline, you know, procrastination is going to kill that discipline that you've been building, you know, yeah. Yeah, especially that mental discipline. That's the hardest part. The physical discipline is is easy, you know. You, mm-hmm. you can, 
push your body to, to limits, but the mental barrier is where it comes in, you know? Right. Can you, I know, you like, let's say, for amazing example, yesterday, I was doing chest with Jordan, and he had me just burn out with push-ups, yeah. you know? And I got to 25 after a full chest, and my arms were shaking on this last one. We are going to failure on the set. And I knew, I was like, I could just give up right but here. But he's there failure. pushing you. He's it's there. It's not even that he's there. It's... You knew you could do I, more. I, I was like, I'm up. That was a rep. Until I can't push myself no more. Until I'm not moving yeah. upward is when I fail. Yeah. You know? If I'm moving, I don't care if it's the slowest increment. Mm-hmm. You know, until I can literally not push myself... That is failure. So like true, true failure. True failure, you know? And that just, like, you have to get in that mindset that people are out there to beat you. But mm-hmm. you also have that mindset that you will not outwork me. Right. You know? Do you, I, don't, I don't care if you're, you know, uh, a gifted athlete. I don't care if you're privileged. I don't care if, you know, you've got all these accolades. I don't care. Do you like to uh, like prove people wrong too? Like, that's like my biggest. Because like, like I, I found that I I, I, I get a lot of like um, out of like spite sometimes yeah. a little bit. Like I know it's like I don't know if it's healthy or not, but it's like just like holding on to some shit sometimes just to use it. Yeah. Where it's like you want to prove somebody wrong. Or somebody tells you you can't do this, or you like you'll never do that. And then it like makes you want to do it more. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a great... Like, I'm going to show these motherfuckers, like, you know. And maybe you are getting a little bit to a point where you're slipping a little bit, and then somebody says something, and you're like, I'm going to prove this motherfucker. And it kind of reignites yeah. your passion again. Like, it's Yeah. To, to so I like it. I use it. I'm not... I don't even think it's a bad thing. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I take mental notes, you know. Yeah. I, I I take notes of, you know, people that have uh, given up on me, people that have walked away uh, in my life, and, yeah. you know, people that have told me that, you know, you, you won't be, you know, you're not going to get to that point. You know, it's too saturated of a market, you know, or so on right. and so forth. You know, there, there's so many brands out there, you know. Imagine already. if you were to listen to those people, though. Exactly. But you that's wouldn't why have FX where it is. I block out the noise, bro. You got to have your, you got to have tunnel vision on that goal. And, you know, anybody, anything and anybody that gets in the way of that goal, you know. Don't it's, listen it's like a, to it. No, it's, they're not even worth your time. They're outside of that tunnel. Yeah. You know, you literally got to have it as a tunnel vision. Tunnel there's vision. the goal and everybody else that's speaking negatively or anything, you just got to tune it out and and move forward because guess what other people's opinions of what you are or what you're going to achieve do not fucking matter yeah you know as long as you believe in yourself and you know that you have the capability to do something and to make an impact and to make a difference and you believe in yourself it don't matter if anybody else fucking believes in you. as long as you have you yeah that's what matters you got to have you first yeah that's i like that dude you know like, you got to have you first that's always number one mm-hmm. you know there's certain times in life where you got to be selfish you know it's you don't always got to be selfish you right. know but there's certain times in life where you got to make selfish decisions yeah and, and that's whether it be for your own self whether it be for the best benefit of to how to grow the business yep. the direction that you're taking the business there's some tough choices you got to make but you got to have a pair of balls to make those decisions yeah and you know that you're the only one that's going to be able to live with that decision that you make nobody else's opinions matter about that decision that you make or the way that you're doing things mm-hmm. all right as long as you got you that's all that matters and that you believe in yourself. Right. So, so you're all. blocking on negativity. Dude, anything negative, man, that's just going to drain you. Why? So, like, was there a lot of that with, like, supplements where, like, people have told you shit like that? Like, oh, this industry is way too saturated. And uh, like, People have told me that my my product formulas uh, but, aren't good and, and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? But look where you're at now if you would have listened to those people. like Exactly, especially from our current 
brand like people didn't know what, what the brand was you yeah. know and it's like well guess what people are gonna know what the brand does and then i we took initiative and did a rebrand and now people know what the brand is you know and it's just like i don't care if you people don't know the brand they're gonna know the brand right whether you think they're gonna know the brand or not they're gonna know it's it one gonna way or happen another. yeah it's yeah. gonna happen whether you like it or not it's gonna well, happen because i think that too like even like doing this podcast it's like i could think of it that way like well it's totally oversaturated with podcasts there's like so many millions of them but i'm like wh who cares just do it anyway even yeah. say say this podcast never becomes anything big like i still just learned a bunch of shit no yeah you, you know you what i'm saying it's like it's yeah oh no you know yeah. you, now you know how to set all this up you have this skill set of you know how to set up a proper right. podcast how to run a podcast you know and all this kind of stuff and so that can be applicable to you know future things you know that but you it's kind of like why why listen to that shit like who cares if a bunch of other people are doing them like i bet i can be better than a bunch of them you know exactly. what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't care that it's saturated. I'm just going to do it anyway, like, because I want to do it. It's like, you know what I mean? You know, it's um, like, yeah. That's the way I go about life, you know? It's like, yeah, so yeah, to answer your question, there's a lot of, yeah, I do want to prove people wrong, but not in a spiteful way. It's, I'm more going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to make you regret ever walking out. Well, and a lot of that shit has to do with, like, the person, right? So, like, what, what, where's their headspace at? Are they somebody that's, like literally giving up on all their dreams so of course they're gonna think like that they're yeah. gonna be telling you that because they're scared themselves exactly so like they see you and you're not scared to go risk and try and be ambitious and try to do something and they're like oh no no you can't do that that's too dangerous so then they're telling you like oh man that's too saturated it's just it's a it's not a good bet you shouldn't do it exactly but it's more about their fear than it is about anything else they're trying to project their worries and their fears onto you and so what you're saying is you're just like not you're not accepting that no you know what i'm saying you're just like rejecting their fears that's literally what literally someone doing. could say something to me like cool oh, cool and literally i can keep walking and not turn my head or think twice about it be like that that's a superpower matter. dude yeah you know like that didn't matter you okay know, like, that doesn't matter who the, like who the fuck are they for my opinion to care about well you know what they gotta say about what i'm doing with my business or my life or right you know, the way i'm approaching things you know i think that's valuable for anybody listening that's trying to do anything you know same with like bodybuilding like oh you can't do that well you know oh you're not gonna you know you're not gonna be able to i don't even think he'll place you know in, in first call outs in his class well watch motherfucker i'm gonna take the yeah. fucking sword yeah you know that that's like the attitude that that's that what I you gotta have. have yeah and you can't you know, and you put, you really got to stand by it though. There's a lot, like I said in the very beginning, there's a lot of people that talk, talk, but don't walk the walk and their actions don't follow. Well, you have to put the work in though. Yep. Exactly. Otherwise you're just like delusional. Yes. 100%. So if you're just talking and talking, <laughs> like it doesn't matter. So, and also I think, you know, when you're not putting the work in cause you feel like shit. Yeah. At least so I saw, I, I feel like I'll start feeling like shit about myself and it has nothing to do with anybody else. I could, like, stop working out. I could start eating pizza, drinking every night, basically doing whatever I wanted. And every I'd still have friends that love me yeah. and care about me. But I would feel like shit about myself. Exactly. It's more about holding myself accountable for, like... So it's not always about, like, trying to impress other people. It's, like, I know if I'm not living up to my potential or putting the work in, I start feeling like shit. Yeah. And I don't, don't want to feel like shit. I, I want to be... Yeah, I want to be good with who I am. I want to be good with myself. So in order to do that, so if I start slipping a little bit, I start feeling like I can't even take myself serious. Yeah. And until I start putting the work in again, then I start valuing myself again and I start taking myself serious. You know what I mean? You know, it's like Also, will you see that progress too, you know? Yeah. And it's like why would you want to 
like waste everything you used to work so hard to right. pay over the all that time and all that blood, sweat, and tears you've put into the gym, you know, when yeah. you talk about, like, let's say, bodybuilding, even though it comes to, like, a business, you know, all that time that you've put in, why would you just give up on that based on other people's uh, opinions, right. you know, like, based on what anybody else has to say? And like, it could be anything. It could be any dream you have. Not even bodybuilding, not supplement companies, not podcasts. Like, whatever it is that you want to do, don't listen to other people. You know, you it's like, in yourself, man. like, like if you want to be an artist and draw shit and put it on Instagram or whatever you want, whatever it is, just go like do it. You know, the, the biggest thing, people are scared to take that yeah. risk of leaving something that's that they already have that's secure. When well, I get that, and there's probably a time where like, you know, like when something's going to take off, like. I'm not saying they should quit their day job and not pay their bills or anything, but no. like, it, it's like like the Rock always says that thing. Like, if you're working a 40 hour work week, but you're not putting in any time after that to like towards your goal, what the fuck are you doing? No, hundred percent. You know, because like, you still have plenty of time. You yeah, know? There, there's plenty of time, and yeah. it's, you know, if you want a bad, you're gonna put in all the work you can and all the energy you can into achieving, you know, that goal that you have set to yourself and for yourself. And so, like, that's really what. I feel is the biggest thing is that a lot of people are afraid to make that jump because of of the risk because but also because they don't fully believe in their potential. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they don't actually believe in themselves. Yeah, they can be secure with say a hundred fifty thousand dollar a year salary working as you know a, a web developer or uh, for Google, let's say. Yeah. You know, but they have this idea that they know could generate their start a startup company millions and they could be much better off but they're too scared because they don't know if it's going to go the way that they plan it to go they don't there's a lot of uncertainty around it right so and they so don't want to take they the don't want to take the risk and they they just stay where they're secure where they're making that salary but really a salary you know and i read this somewhere and it's literally salary is what companies pay you to make you forget about your dreams yeah it's like they say it's you like know? a pill that they yeah. give you to make yeah. you forget and, and about when your i dreams. read that i really resonated with that because it's like when people get content with the money that they're making somewhere that they are working when they're working for someone yeah. you know they're like oh i'm living a good life okay this is everything's great and they kind of okay yeah i can i can live like this and they become content with themselves well the biggest thing is never being content with where you currently are yeah. and always wanting to evolve that if you're ever just sitting there content you've got more to prove well, that's like they say, you know, one of the worst drugs there is, is comfort. Mm-hmm. Because it's so addicting. It's very addicting. But but you have to become uncomfortable to grow. Exactly. You know, it's when like, you're put in those uncomfortable situations, you know, where you're feeling super uneasy about things, you know, that's basically like, you know, be, you're being pulled back like an arrow, yeah. ready to just slingshot you forward. You know what I'm saying? When you're going to boom. I, when I start feeling too complacent, too comfortable... And I start going too easy on myself. That's like when I feel the worst about myself. I start getting this like, just like contemptuous feeling. And that's what pushes me to like, I just start feeling like shit about myself. I'm like, you fucking, like you're being weak. You're being like, you need to. And then if I start putting in the work again, I start feeling good about myself. 100%. You know what I mean? It's like. I talk to my, I I talk to myself mentally too. Like in, in that sense, I'm like, you know, stop being, basically I tell myself like, Stop being a bitch. Like, nut don't the fuck be a up. bitch. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. have to tell, dude. tell yourself, you know, mama didn't raise no bitch. Not the fuck up and get the shit done. Like, yeah. you know, if you're not hard on yourself, nobody else is going to nobody's you yeah. got to be your own biggest critic. You know, um, you also have to know when to accept like 
your progress though and, and be like, okay, this is enjoy it a little enjoy bit. Enjoy it a little bit and, and take a step back and have you had some reflect. moments like that with the company where it's 1, been like I know it's hard to do because I can tell that you're like similar minded, like it's actually really hard to like enjoy your own success because you're always thinking about the next thing. Yeah, and there's always. But so much I going suppose on. you've had you've probably had some of those moments. You know. Oh man, the, the biggest moment I can recall is I remember. Uh, so 2018 is when we attended the very first Emerald Cup here in Bellevue. Yeah. Right? And we were we had a small 10 by 10 booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our first ever show that and we. That was your first at. booth. Booth like, ever yeah. ever exhibiting at a at a show showcasing the brand really just making the brand publicly known first time like and right. i remember looking up at the emerald cup uh poster and with the muscle egg uh, yeah. above it and i told my buddy levi and his brother brady who were working with us with the time I told him one day we're gonna we're gonna be the t- be on that poster be on that poster it's gonna be the fx of emerald cup and then i fast forwarded four years and just to walk into that maiden bauer center and see the fx subs logo as the title sponsor and looking back four years telling myself that one day we were going to be there yeah that was like my full circle moment where like i'm like i almost broke down like looking at it because i was like it was so surreal yeah you get like emotional about it yeah Yeah. like i'm i'm almost an emotional because it was like such a big moment for me seeing that and like seeing how far we've come you know like everything was uh fx subs brainer emerald cup like it was such a big moment for me and, and for the brand just like taking it all in you know even just setting up the booth when nobody was in there yeah you know just taking a moment and tuning just like out, looking just around like, looking like how did i do this you know like you know i told myself we we're gonna be here four years ago dude and now we're here you know man i get that i've had moments you know? like that with wrestling and stuff so, where it's like it's been crazy man like i told myself the same thing about the europa expo which was now re- relabeled the rebranded as the ubu expo yeah all right and i told myself same thing uh we attended in 2019 uh, August Phoenix first time doing it we got a uh, 20 by 10 booth and there was a large turnout and then obviously they canceled the 2020 shows because of COVID and then they brought it back 2021 and yeah. we were the title sponsors for all three shows the one in Dallas the one in Orlando and the one in Phoenix uh, so so that's you know, huge it, it's been a lot of uh, work to get to that point a lot of planning um, so know, it's kind of like it's kind of like you can enjoy that but then you get back to work yeah, right. so you enjoy, it, but there's there's a little bit you can enjoy when you're there because you also gotta make sure everything's running smoothly at yeah. the booth. You know, people are in their positions. You know, people aren't you know on their phones like slacking off. You know, they're engaging so, with people that are coming to the booth and you know talking to them. There's, you gotta oversee everything. Well, you know? so so that's kind of what it was like in wrestling when when you'd have like a really really good match. It was kind of like you had to learn that too. And like you, you, our trainer would t- you know, kind of teach us that sort of in a way, like it'd be like, maybe you just had like the best match on the card and like, you know, and then you and your opponent, you go backstage after and you're like talking about it. Cause you're amped up about what you just did. And it's like, but you only want to like do that for a minute. And then you want to put your focus back on your friends who have a match coming up next or that. Like it was kind of basically like an unwritten rule. Like it's like, Oh, they're beating each other off over how fucking good their match was. Like, you know, that would be yeah. looked down. It's like, so you can enjoy your success, but then don't fucking be so full of yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. then it's like, okay, now I'm going to watch the other guy's match. You know, like, it's not always about, you know, like, I don't know. It was just kind of looked down on if you were just kind of like jerking yourself. Oh, I'm the best fucking match. That was the greatest thing. No, I get what you're saying. You know, but, and also like, yeah, it's just hard to like, I think it's good to stop and appreciate things that you've done. 
but you just like as someone that's like never satisfied, always wanting to grow, always wanting better, always wanting mm-hmm. to do more, you only appreciate it for that little bit. And you're like this, and it's probably really emotional, like you said, because I I know it stuff gets like that, man. Yeah. Like I even said, like today when I was in the body shop looking yeah, around, yeah. I got a little bit emotional. Like yeah. this place is like home. two years, yeah, like yeah. home. Like I was like, God damn, I can't believe, you know, like. But it's like then you want to move on, you yeah. know, like, you just right, like on to the next thing, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, you, you know, you can't be like you said ever really satisfied because you know you can always be better, you know. You right. Know, like you're not there, but th- that's like. The biggest thing is like not having and being too satisfied is the same thing about as being complacent. Exactly, and that's when somebody can knock you down. You know what I mean? Like talking about your match and like how good it was and everything. Like I'll never go around and uh, tell. Dude, my supplement company is better than yours. No, it's not just that. Like people will introduce me, like you know, at at the gym. If Jeff's introduced me to someone, he's like, yeah, he's he's the owner of FX stuff. But like, if I'm meeting people. I just tell them I work for a supplement company because I don't want that right. image, you know. I don't want you don't to want to walk around like a big ego. Exactly. I tell people I work for a supplement company, or you know, I, I manage a, a sports nutrition supplement brand. I'm, I'm the brand manager. Yeah. And I'll never say um, uh, like directly to them. Obviously, it's in like my Insta bio. Uh, you know, co-founder of FX Subs. But for me, I'm a person. They don't have you know. We're not friends on social media. We're not. Yeah. If I'm, some, I don't have that ego of where. Yeah, I own a. My own, my own. Like you don't walk into a place and be like, "Hey, I'm a supplement company owner." No. Like, check me out. Yeah. No. Like I. You you just. It's called being humble. You know. It's like yeah. You know, and it's like when I, especially if like I'm meeting people the first time, you know, and you know after I get comfortable around them. Well, and also sometimes you just don't want all the attention. Exactly. You know, it's like. But I guess like you know enough people like know you know what what I do and but it's like when I'm meeting like I said new people, uh, I never want to give off that. Uh, image because that's not who I am not someone who's gloating about because you're still just a person you know I'm just a person and I don't want to be treated as such I don't want to be treated any special differently or looked at in a well and then there's also people that will like look at you as like maybe he's an opportunity to get something exactly you know what I'm saying also try to take advantage of that so I I try to play that card uh right and and, you know try and keep it safe um because of that because that's a big thing there have been a lot of I have seen that happen before and I um you know, I've dealt with athletes before that have uh, not been so genuine before, and you know they're off the, they're not a part of the FX uh, family anymore. And you know, we like I said, we don't, we don't burn bridges. Um, you know, I, I wish them the uh, best, the best in, in their endeavors within the uh, the industry and uh, within the sport of bodybuilding. But um, you know, we our values just didn't line up. Didn't line up, and yeah, uh, it, it, that was that. But uh, I, I never tried to give off that that ego or that you know i'm i'm better than anybody else because you know at the end of the day i'm still just a human who we're all just people at the end of the day yeah, i yeah. live and breathe the same air you do you know i eat the same food you do i, I work at the same gym you do you know yeah and, you know I, I exercise i live just like any other normal average person yeah you know i'd say you're pretty pretty down to earth you know i'm not yeah. trying so i'm not going to be that person that's going to try to glorify myself or anything of that sort uh ever um and it's kind of like it's funny because when I said one time when Jeff introduced me as like the owner, it's like, and I think Kim did it one time too. Um, you know, I like you're just like I, I, I work I, for I, it. Like I know, like I know. I just it's not that it makes me uneasy. It's like I blush. You know, like stone. Yeah. Like like yeah, I guess like okay, yeah, you can. I'm just a guy. Yeah, I'm just a guy. Yeah. Like you don't really gotta call me. Chill out. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a guy. I'm not but... trying to be special or yeah, anything. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why I'm just trying to. I'm. It's like I'm trying to be successful. I just and I have this passion for something, but I, I don't. 
I'm not trying to like do it to like be better than you or have clout or like yeah, yeah. you know it's, what it's I get what you mean. Mind, you know, I, I'm I'm doing yeah. this business because I truly want to make an impact and a difference. You know, in the yeah. way uh, athletes uh, are receiving their nutrition and the supplements. And it goes all the way back to when you first started lifting and you had like passion for this stuff. Exactly. Like. So it all ties in full circle from back in when I started lifting in eighth grade until now, man. Like, well, people told me that I was. It is pretty know, dope because like supplements are like as when you're when you're into lifting they're like exciting dude yeah you get to see what like different they're stuff fun. Is in there i remember like uh being like living with my buddy and we'd take we'd go to like gnc and like now i look back thinking like oh my god so much of that shit is bullshit like dude trust me gnc I know dude like the it's biggest bad. Bu- you go in there they try to push their gnc way bollock extreme 60 on you more dude than i kind of want else. some of that there you go some grizzly yes sir yeah there you go. Back in the day. Back in the day. So, are you trying to quit this stuff? Uh, not anytime soon, man. It helps. It helps me with a lot when I'm, you know, I, I get stressed a lot at work. There's a lot of moving parts, especially when you're a young brand, you know, and you're, yeah. you're growing. There's ever shifting parts, and there's. Um, so it just helps me calm down uh, and, and help relieve that. I stress. I used to love chewing. Um, they do make this one product, like I was telling you, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Uh, it's called Black Buffalo, and I did order some, and they have, like, dope flavors. They have, like, wintergreen, mint, there's a blood orange, um, some other ones, too. Have you ever tried that citrus skull? I've never tried it. Oh, my God. That, that, that actually tastes like citrus, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? So like, it's I think that good, was, dude. It was, it was good, but I feel like... Like, skull straight? Wintergreen... Oh, I like I like wintergreen. I I love skull straight actually. Like skull the fucking, straight, yeah, yeah. But that. I like the long cut or the pouches are good too. I never could do the snuff. Like my dad used to chew snuff for years, yeah, and I, I would yeah. try to chew it, and it's like so fucking grainy, too grainy. That's, but that's the big thing. My buddy used uh, he went somewhere. I don't remember where. He, I think it was in Idaho, but Copenhagen Southern Blend Long Cut. That was I think the best tasting. True, it was like I've a never little had bit that. sweet. But like, also tasted like straight, like. But it just had this hint of sweetness to it, like this, this blend. Like, yeah. if you can get your hands on Copenhagen Southern Blend, man. That that was. It the, sounds good. That was like the gem. But so that say. black buffalo stuff is nicotine, and they make it out of some kind of leaves, but it's not tobacco, and it's supposedly not no carcinogens, so not cancer causing. So it's like, and you probably chewed some fake chews before. I've tried. If you're trying to quit, this is the only one, the Black Buffalo. Shout out to them. I don't, you know. Uh, it's probably the best, like, non-cancer-causing chew I've ever had. The only problem was, since I've quit chewing, I ordered a bunch of it. And so I ordered, like, three rolls. And it was delicious. I'm like, oh, this is great. I get to chew. And I'm not giving myself cancer. This is, like, the best of both worlds. But then the problem was, the minute I ran out of it, I didn't have any, like, ordered online. So I was like, fuck. And I ran to the gas station and got a real chew can. And oh, I was like, okay, now I have to quit again. So that's when I decided to just quit, quit. Quit, quit. No more. Because it was like, oh, shit. I realized, like, now I got the habit back. So then I didn't have the stuff to, with no cancer causing. And the first thing I did is like, well, I'll just get regular chew. Regular. Again. You were like, okay, might as well just settle for this. But so. uh, it is good. So, like, me and my buddies always chewed. Like, my grandpa chewed. My dad chewed, um, and then when I got into wrestling, like all my buddies in wrestling chewed. And the other thing with it was kind of like crazy is like we would always look up to you know because we loved wrestling, mm-hmm. 
So the same way you do like with football, you look up to these athletes or, or you did with your, your buddies teaching you how to lift or yeah. we do like with Jordan looking up yeah. to these people and like all of our favorite wrestlers chewed. So like Ric Flair, yeah. he used to always have a fucking can of skull. He'd like send the fucking ref to get him like cans of skull. Shawn Michaels, my yeah. favorite of all time. He always chewed. I remember, wa- I remember watching Raw one time and like fucking nerding out because he like got in a brawl with somebody in his regular street clothes, it wasn't a fight, and he had his fucking jeans on, and he had a skull. You could see the ring in his back pocket. We're like, oh, he's fucking chewing, bro. It's so cool, you know? And then uh, I remember, like, one time, so when I was in wrestling, uh, I, I got to go do some tryouts, you know? Uh-huh. And so, like, I was in Florida one time, and it was like, or no, this was, no, my trial was in Florida. I was in Des Moines at like a Monday Night Raw. So that's how it started. Before I got the tryouts, I would go do like extra work where you're just like an extra. So, Uh you know, like Monday Night Raw goes into Des Moines, Iowa. They might need some extras for like whatever, a scene or something where they need people to get beat up or they need people to play security guards. So they'll hire a bunch of like local wrestlers and they'll give you like $200 and bring you in as an extra. And when you when you go in as an extra, you're like backstage. You you just get to be like back in catering with all the wrestlers, you know, at Monday Night Raw. And uh, so like we're down by the ring, and they would kind of like before the show, they might pull you in to like check you out, like you know, because they're always looking for people. Yeah. So like they had it. I can't remember. He was a really short guy, but so one time I was there, and I'm like standing around the ring. And there's like a chew bottle, like a spitter bottle sitting on the thing. And someone's like, oh, that's Randy Orton's. And I was like, wow, Randy Orton chews too. I'm like, that's so dope, you know? Yeah. Like, And so then we were like back, I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. My point is like, you look up to your heroes, you want to do like them, even yeah. if it's a bad habit like this shit. Yep. But it was like, cool. I don't know. Like, So I have mixed feelings about it because it's like, I still love it, you know? For me, nobody in my family, nobody that I really looked like, looked up to you, it was more just... All the kids on the football team chewed, chewed, and then that's mm-hmm. how I got into it. Uh, you know, starting at like the age of thirteen, so I got into it real young. But that's because like nobody, you know, couldn't smoke, and we didn't drink obviously at that yeah. age, and they just wanted to find a way to get a buzz, and so that was it. But the I buzz still, is great. I'm feeling it right now. Yeah, because so, I don't chew. So like, I always think it's like it's better than smoking because it doesn't like. You don't get that nasty smell, and like I don't know if you've ever made out yeah. with a chick that's been smoking, or like it's Dude, like my very first ever girlfriend smoked cigarettes, and yeah, honestly, like I didn't like uh, it was. Yeah, it's not it, great. It's not great. Yeah. Trust me, man. And uh, you know, hey, thank God I got out of that relationship. <laughs> yeah. I was only uh, twenty-one yeah. you know, when uh, I started, and you know, twenty-two when it uh, ended. But regardless, like I'm. It, I never found like smoking, smoking like uh, that. That was just something that was a huge turnoff yeah. for me, just because always that lingering smell too. Like I it's care, always, like, dude. We used to like. Dude, go, I smoke weed all the time. Like I, I like mm. you know I don't care, you know. But yeah, but weed smell. doesn't have that weird smell. Exactly. So like yeah, we used to go it's got like a great smell. We used to go driving around in my buddy's parents' van, and they both smoked, and like the whole thing, you could just smell it. Right. In there. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that. That like she would always like go outside like balcony like be courteous you know she wouldn't like smoke inside or like smoke fast in like the car with her or something like that but yeah. that was just like i don't know it was very it's almost yeah. like a no yeah yeah it was almost like okay well nowadays like, nobody smokes so it's yeah. like if they do it's a vape you know yep exactly yeah. and so 
I, I wish you would have done that instead, but it doesn't mean I would have stayed with her. That's for damn sure. Dude, this is <laughs> I'm literally this is literally making me buzz right now. Because like I haven't done it in so long. Oh, yeah. that feels I wish so I could good. still feel a buzz off one pouch. You don't feel shit probably. No, nah, bro. You have to put like it. three pouches in. Exactly. You got upper lip, lower lip. Like, do you ever get like a raw spot and you got to move to the other? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, how you I get raw spots a lot because I go through probably a can and a half of pouches a day. Damn, bro. You ever going to quit? Someday. Down the line someday. Yeah. You know, it is an expensive habit because even since I moved back up here to yeah. Washington, like when I used to live in Arizona, it was like $3.50 you can. You come up here, bro, it's like is it $7.80 to oh, like shit. 8 bucks. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I'm paying 17-something, you know, over in Woodenville by the office. I'm paying 17-something for two cans when I used to pay $7 for two <sighs> cans down in Arizona. So, Damn, yeah, dude. it's an expensive habit. So I do have to stop at some point. Pretty, I would say sooner rather than later. But I bet you will in the next five years, at least. Yeah, I can see within the next five years, yeah. Unless, like, that's just like, yo, your lower jaw is about to, I'll be like, okay, I'm quitting. Oh, now. dude, that's the scary part. Yeah, that's the scariest thing. So I was going to say, like, I've always thought it's better than smoking because, like, it doesn't really, you know, to me it tastes good. It's like, I know the girls, they find it kind of gross sometimes. They're like, dude, when we were in college, we'd fill, like, fucking milk jugs full of spit Ew, yeah. we'd sit there playing like playstation and we'd fucking pass it around and spitting it and then it'd be like oh we're having a party there might be like you know girls coming over or whatever like get rid of and we're spit. like oh my god this is disgusting we yeah. need to clean the whole place and like but uh i'll never leave spitters lying around i've learned that the hard way i've had shit stained before i was like I oh dude i've drank it you ever oh, drink it no no so like anybody uh, that has though and that did not end well we'd sit around like bud light bush light bottles like bottles of beer you know after wrestling shows and you're all drinking and shit and like you know then you use one as a spitter and it's sitting there and then you get a little more drunk and you're going to grab your beer and you're talking and it's like you don't realize which one you actually oh grab. fuck but it's worse if it's somebody else's yeah. at least if it's your own it's your own spit but it's like somebody else's that's oh yeah it's pretty fucking oh, nasty no. so but the thing is like i know smoking's hard on your lungs but the whole thing about this stuff is like dude like if you look at the stats and shit like the the your cancer cause it's like not good it's yeah. like it's bad so that's the scary part that yeah it's, it's a little bit more uh but i mean like i said i know a lot of guys that have chewed till they're fucking old as fuck and they've been fine but then yeah. there's other people that lose half their face so it's it, like it's you know it's, it's genetics also plays a big role and you know how <sighs> that's scary shit. Gene, could yeah. you imagine dude i never want to lose my face no it's the money maker come exactly, on exactly you know, yeah, like, too damn good looking for that right dude <laughs> fuck that so it's like ah, yeah maybe in a couple years quit like maybe a little bit but right now it's it it's helps with stress through, doesn't it it's helping me through the stresses right now so uh, it it's, really it's, does it's, it's so relaxing pocket yeah. You always got to have the can in the back left. I feel like the yeah, jeans I'm a, that I wear. I'm a back left guy too, dude. Never right. You got that ring now like imprinted even after you take it through the wall. That's what I'm saying, dude. I remember yeah. watching Shawn Michaels on Raw and when I saw the ring and he had the can in his pocket, I'm like, yes. I'm yeah. like, my hero chews. Yeah. I chew. I'm cool somehow. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. Back, back in the day. Those were the days though with Shawn Michaels. You had, uh, dude, well, he was, was the it? best. What were they called again? Um, oh, the Rockers. No, no, Mar it was... Oh, it was, DX. Yeah. Yeah, Triple H to yeah, Shawn Michaels. X, bro. That was... That was the wildest shit ever. Yeah. And when you were a kid, it was the coolest shit ever because they're basically anti-authority. Yep. And they're doing sucky crotch chops and fucking... Total badass. Like, you know, you're looking at that at such a young age. You're like, this is like... But now when you look at that as adult, be like, dude, they were... Wild, they were shit. wild, like, dude. And it, I'm saying wild even to like today's standards, because yeah. that was during the like late '90s, early 2000s when TV was pushing the boundaries, because we had just come out of a very like '70s was pretty wild. There was a lot of crazy shit, 
And then 80s was very cartoonish. Yeah. And not just in wrestling, everything. Think about, like, all the fucking cartoons and movies, Back to the Future. Yeah. Over the top, colorful, very cartoonish. And then 90s was when shit started getting real. And TV started pushing boundaries. Like, it's like the first this on TV, the first this, the first, you know. And then they started getting success with that. And you go back and watch some of that DX stuff now. It's like... That was on fucking national TV. Like, how did they get? You had freaking five year olds watching Shawn Michaels telling people to basically suck his suck dick on it. live. Oh, yeah. and, and if you watch like as an adult now, and you go back because some of the stuff you didn't even get as a kid. Yeah. You just like, oh, that's fun. They're going suck it. But you watch now, you're like, holy shit! Like the sexual innuendo and shit. And they're yeah. talking about that. Like it was funny, dude. When you go back, and I think not just in wrestling. When you go back and like watch old movies. You know, that you haven't watched it's in a really wild, long time. Dude. And you you pick up a lot of shit that you didn't understand back the first time you you first yeah. watched it. Like, you know, and you pick up on all these other jokes. And like you said, sexual innuendos and like... Even cartoons know. from when we were kids. Yeah. Like someone, you're like, holy shit. Like, how did this pass? I keep seeing yeah, shit yeah. on Instagram. Like, they're showing like old Looney Tunes stuff. And you're like, that was in Looney and, Tunes? And like, and holy stuff shit. Like that. Yeah. So, no, I definitely feel you. But you definitely, when you go back and watch those kind of things that you watched way back, you know, when you were younger and you watch them... Now in this day and age, you have obviously you've matured and grown a lot more to where your understanding yeah. is, you know, a lot better. And so you you watch these things and you're like, holy shit! Thank God I didn't understand what this was back <laughs> yeah, in the day because this would have traumatized me. I think right at yeah. this point, you know, like imagine five years old and now you know you have a five year old kid, you know, five year old son, and he's watching Shawn Michaels. You know, telling people to suck his right. dick on live television. Next thing you know, he's out in recess going up to little kids, fucking yeah. doing the same damn shit. Well, you know, and not gonna, so... You're going to get called in the principal's office because, you know, your five-year-old kid is telling kids right. to suck, suck his, his dick, dick on the playground. Well, right. And, like, parents, you know, and when you were a kid, you'd be like, well, your parents, like, well, why do they... You know, they're like... But now you're older, you're like, oh, I understand exactly why they were worried about yeah. it. Yeah. Or, like, you shouldn't be watching South Park and you shouldn't be this. And we all watch it. I go... I was, uh, we were at work the other day, like, talking about some old episode of South Park, and I was like, holy shit, like, how old was I when I first saw that? Like, what the fuck, dude? dude like, I didn't start watching crazy South Park until, like, eighth grade or so, but, like. Well, right, I was yeah. old enough, but I'm just saying, like, I can't believe that was the shit we grew up on. Or, like, yeah. sometimes I'll go back and listen to, like, old music and shit, and I'm like, how is this, like, popular? Like, holy shit. That was, like, what kids were listening to. Well, I even think about that, about t- some of today's music. I'm like, how do some of these It's probably just get, as bad today, yeah. You know, get deals, and, and their music is just, like, absolute, just, like, mumbo-jumbo rapping about stuff that doesn't even Oh, I have a bunch matter, of, like, like, rap on my phone, like, but and I know kids are listening to it, and, but I know what they're saying. I'm like, how the fuck are pa- parents? are probably terrified. Dude, my parents had no, my parents are, you know, f- foreign, you know, uh, Lebanese was it uh, strict? Uh, not necessarily. I, I really don't think like they didn't shelter me very much because I mean for my fifth grade Christmas present, yeah. I remember I got a CD player and Get Rich Die Trying explicit version. I don't think they even knew what explicit meant. Yeah, you know, being well, dude. You, if you go to school and you had the fucking edited version, you were lame. Yeah, and so you like, had I to have the, that. You had to have the fucking CD with the explicit. explicit right? It even became like. That's what's so funny about that, that, like, Tipper Gore's wife was the one that pushed for that. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, Al, or sorry, Al Gore. Al Gore's wife. So, yeah. Tipper Gore is Al Gore's wife, and she's the one that, like, fought for that with the Parents Music Resource Center, so PMRC. And it's so funny because she was, like, fighting to get, like, music censored, and she didn't realize that what ended up happening out of that is, like, it made you want those CDs more that had the parental, because it became a cool thing. Yeah. To get, like, if your CD had parental advisor, you're like, 
I want that CD. That's the yeah. cool one. You so know what I'm saying? That's like, the thing. Though. My parents didn't know like what I was listening to really nah. until I put the CD on in, yeah. in the car because it was always in my CD player, right? Yeah. So the day that I put it on the car, like, and oh, you hear freaking many men come on by 50 Cent, yeah. you know, and, and gunshots going off and him yelling, oh, fuck, oh, yeah. fuck. Here. My parents are like looking at me. They're like, this is what's been playing in your CD players all the time. I'm like, like yeah. little freaking, you know, fifth grade me. He's like, yes, you know. Uh, why? What's 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 the problem? It's like obviously I knew what the problem was that right. there was a ton of. But isn't that funny? Don't you think that because your family was a good family, it didn't even really affect you to listen to that that bad? No, I mean that's the thing. A lot of times I think it just goes back to like the family and parents because like I do think of all the stuff we listen to, and I don't think it negatively affected us that much because no. it's like you still had a good upbringing. So yeah. You had good. I don't know if it really matters that much. Maybe no, to certain people. Maybe certain people are more susceptible. Because, you know, they always try to blame, like, video games and rap and all this stuff for, like, It's shooting. also definitely your environment that you're raised in and, and you know, yeah. your core family values that, you know, you're I think that stuff matters have, more. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, if you don't have those, then it's really easy to let that music influence right. your mindset and, and the way that you perceive, you know, right. the outside world. and If you're a healthy person, healthy family, healthy upbringing... Your mental health is good. You can play all the violent video games you want. You're not going to go do something violent in real life. You, you know, know, yeah. You know the difference. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I feel like. Maybe not everybody. I don't know. Like, Everybody's entitled to their own. But yeah, I just, yeah, no, I, I can agree to that. You know, yeah. not all video games are going to make people want to be, be violent and stuff like that. At the end of the day, you know, you're a person who can make a conscious differentiation that, hey, this is just a video game. It's it's not reality. You know? I'm watching a horror movie. I know it's not reality. Exactly. Therefore, I'm not, yeah. You know, you're, if you're able to get have that mindset and able to differentiate through, there's a lot of people, though, you said that. I think some people are state. more susceptible to that shit, though. Yeah, yeah, because they get so drawn into it and, you know, it lets them, they let it consume their life in a sense yeah. and, their, and the mindset. And everything starts revolving around that and, and that could be dangerous and that's maybe. the dangerous yeah. part exactly so also limiting you know exposure if you know someone's in that kind of mental state and limiting exposure to those kinds of things right uh would be beneficial to them but I, like you said if you're you know good family upbringing you've been in a good situation and all that kind of stuff and like, you want to go watch south park is not going to be that big a deal. It, yeah you, you still wanna... know not to say the f word in front of grandma you're good. yeah exactly, exactly. You know, like, but yeah you know but some of that stuff is like you know and they say that like you know what we're doing bodybuilding or with you like what you're intaking like you're what you're following on instagram what it does kind of affect you so like if you're taking in more positive stuff like it's gonna get because i try to be careful with that like you know getting too into negative negativity negative stuff like it's like they say it's like kind of like your diet you know like social media is a diet in the same way like food's a diet like, you're literally, if you're taking in healthy say, shit it's gonna it's gonna make you healthier if exactly. you, you know you gotta keep yourself around, like I said. You know that, that positive. So moderation, energy. maybe. You know, like yeah, yeah, but that positive energy. You know, like I said, you, you don't want to surround yourself with anything negative. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you never, you know, I'll always take myself out of those kinds of situations. Yeah. You know, you never want to be there. So. And that's like the people you surround yourself yeah, with, too. Exactly, right? you're a product of your environment. That's the biggest thing. You like, you know, the, the pages you follow, the the articles you read, you know, the research you do, the the people that you're constantly surrounding yourself with. You know, yeah. That, hence, like why. I went from, yeah, I was signed up as a general health client with, with Jordan when but, I first started, but I was hanging, you know, Jay and Ashton and, you know, all these guys. If you're around Jordan, Jay, Ashton, how did you not no, become a bodybuilder? Yeah, Because exactly. it's just like, just by osmosis, it kind of yeah. seeps into you, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, it, it rubs off on you in the way that you're training and, you know, you're not, you know, that intensity, that, 
that yeah. drive that you have it ignites a different fire in well you. if you're around that group of people at the gym and you're trying to be a pussy that day it's not going to happen because you they're going to bring you up like yeah. you're like i can't be a pussy like look at what mm-hmm. they just did like i'm you know it's an example yeah. that's set and you're like i don't want to fall below that example i want to mm-hmm. try to so it's kind of like you can look at somebody that's better than you and you can either like resent them and talk shit about them and take it personal or you can look at them as inspiration which is I want to get to where you're at I look at it as like inspiration. I want to be around everybody who's better than me. Exactly. Because I want to learn. Well, exactly. You know, it's, like, it's like the saying, you know, if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. You or they say that. like you're the sum of the five people you hang out with type of shit. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. So it's like you're a product of your environment. You know, you are who you surround yourself with and the environment you surround yourself with. And, yeah. You know, that's you know, if you're surrounding yourself with positive, uh, influential, smart people that you're going to be learning from, you know, and, and they're going to be very beneficial to not just, you know, you but to you're going to be beneficial to them as well in, in their personal life and you're both going to help each other grow you know agree around with then yeah those are the kind of people you need to be surrounding yourself with but there's people that you know are causing you to be demotivated they're causing you extra stresses and problems in your life why are they still around you know what yeah. i'm saying you and know, that's like, tough sometimes because you is. might really care about them but sometimes you gotta you know there comes a fine on. line where like i like i said there are certain times in life where you have to be selfish, yeah. No matter how much you care about a person, I care about you, but this is dragging me down. And yeah, I, no matter how much love you have for a person, you know. And if you, you see them not changing, and it's like I'm so there's nothing I can do to help, you know, you know that kind of exactly. But and they got to help fine. themselves most of the time. So if it's, they don't but, want to, if they don't want help, you can't be of help. You know, if they don't want, you know, to be supported, you can't be there to support. Mm-hmm. You know, same way. But if there's someone who's causing you problems and stresses in your life. You know, it's like, why take on that negative energy? Those negative stresses are only going to be a weight on your shoulders that you're carrying around that aren't even yours to begin with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have the choice. Yeah. You, in life, you always have a decision. You always have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what anyone says, you always do. You always have a fucking choice. I mean, they could be both really hard choices. Yeah. You know, but yeah. most likely there's a choice. And, and sometimes the best choice is the hard choice, right? The, sometimes right. the hardest decision to make is the right decision. That is correct. And, you know, sometimes you have to be able to live with that knowing you made the right decision, no bad. Like, no matter how bad it's going to hurt you, yeah. how bad you're going to feel about it, you know, how much pain it's going to cause you or if it, how much joy it's going to cause you. Like, it's going to bring you joy knowing that you made that right decision. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, go for it. But if you know you need to make a decision that you don't want to make but needs to be made, you have to be able to make that right that jump you know because at the end of the day you gotta have you and so like would you say because of what you're doing with having your own business and everything that you've had to make a lot of those kind of choices it's you've probably gotten more used to that more comfortable with making those tough decisions yeah uh the best way i can summarize it is like man i'd rather have four quarters in my inner circle than 100 pennies yeah you know that's, that's the best way i can put it man it's like you know, you, you've had, there have been tough decisions, like I said, that I've had to make. Tough calls, yeah. Tough calls, um, not just with the brand, but within my own life and, and people within my life. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I had shared, you know, many experiences and amazing memories with, but they don't suit where I'm trying maybe you've to all, go. Maybe you've even uh, outgrown them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that and happens so, too, man. You know, that, and you start to drift apart because they're not willing to grow and, and evolve, you know, in, in their own sense. You know, they're stuck in their same routine they're stuck you know, in a loop in a loop where but they're complacent and content with being and that's that okay loop, too you know to each their you, own yeah yeah but that's just not for me you know i want to 
be the best version of me. Right. You know, I want to push myself. I want to see what I can accomplish, what impact I can make. Right. Because I would say it's not even always like you're saying they're a bad person or what they're doing is no. bad. It's just like, it's not for me. It's not even just for me. It's like we've just outgrown each other where we're at in our it. lives, you know, at different points in our lives where it's like what they're doing right now in their life is not, you know, going to help me as well or help either of us yeah. grow right. in our respective individual lives, you know? A hundred percent. You can I get still what be you're friends saying. with them, you know, you can still stay in contact with them, but for them to be within your inner circle yeah. you know, every day, it just, it's, it's not something that's going to be beneficial for you or them, you know? And, and that's where it comes down to is that you got to make those tough choices where it's like, okay, you know, and still be friends, but it's not like I'm going to be hanging out with them every day and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I've got different goals. Things, you know, I've different got, goals. I'm on a different path now. Exactly. And and you got to be selfish with that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you well, that's able... protecting your energy too, mm-hmm. you know, and like, uh, they always say it's like the power of saying no, like, Hey, this isn't, it's kind of like me. A lot of things I try to do, if it's not going towards one of the goals that I'm working on, I tend to say no to it, you know, because it's like I feel like I just don't have time for that if it's not aligned with what I'm trying to do or my values or where I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love to, but I can't. Sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah, you have to get good at saying that, you know. There's a lot of times, especially now, you know, coming up too, you know, with, with this prep, you know. Ooh, we're just getting into it, so I'm thinking like, because it's like what twenty six five months away. Like, so twenty six is when we start prep. Yeah, so, like, right now is the time, and I'm glad that, like, I was telling you, like, I got that sweet tooth for a while and stuff. I've gotten all that under control, and I'm back good. I'm on the plan and stuff, and I'm like, okay, now's go time. So it's like there is no more room for, like, those little fuck-ups. There's no more room for, like, you had fun, you got lean, and then you kind of, you know, went, you ate a lot of stuff you shouldn't have for a while, and it's like, okay, but now that's done. Now we're on this path, and I know it's only going to get harder for these next five months, so it's like, I feel like I've gotten myself in a really good mental place again, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. That's a big, big part of it, you know, because like I said, the, the physical aspect, you know, we've seen, you know, we, we can you know, do it, you know, but when right. it gets to those last four weeks of, you know, you're being depleted energy, you're having second thoughts. That's what I'm, push. like, looking forward to in a way, but also not, because that's what I want to go through that I've never been through. Exactly. Me and I want to take my... Week. Yeah, I want to take myself there. So... I'm excited to see how everything comes out, man. It's it's gonna be a very fun experience, um, and I feel like I'm gonna. Oh, you're gonna most, learn a lot. That's the biggest thing I'm excited for. To see is what I learn uh, along this journey. You know, yeah. uh, not just about the sport, but about myself. Yeah. You know, I, I know I'm gonna learn a lot about who I am as a person, the mentality that I have. Well, and you're going to take yourself to some, like, dark, like, hard places, and that's where you really get to know yourself. Yeah, and like you said, you got to push yourself because nobody else is going to push you for you. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to dig down deep, and you got to want it. That's what it comes down to. you got to want it. you got to want to put in that work. Right, and that's why I'm glad I'm kind of got myself back on a good mental – because I think a lot of it was, like, I had pushed myself and pushed myself, and it was good, and then I kind of added this podcast on top of it. And I think I was just learning how to balance this with everything else. And now I feel like I've got a good balance again. Mm-hmm. And you know that with the business and stuff, dude. So, like, this was a new thing. So, I'm like, okay, so I still have to put in all the obsession and the work and, the, and all that into my lifting and stuff and do the pot. You know, because it was yeah. taken away from it a little. I'm like, how do I balance? I'm like, now I got it kind of under control. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, all right, let's go. Five months, we got this shit. Exactly. It's go time. And I feel mm-hmm. like 
at that five, like when that start, you know, it's it's a different it's gonna switch. It's going to be exciting, dude. Yeah. But we got like the best coach, so that's a good thing. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I'm, there's a lot of great coaches, don't get me wrong, but Yeah. yeah. No, teach their own, you know, the uh, respect every uh coach out there, you know that there is a lot of great coaches around here, dude. This whole scene here is crazy. Yeah, I feel like it's grown a lot uh, over the past couple of years from when I had first started seeing the, the bodybuilding industry and a lot more athletes uh, come through. So uh, I'm just excited really to see also where the sport heads within the next couple of years and how yeah. much it's going to grow. You know, there's uh, more competitors coming. Dude, it's in huge every, in this area. Yeah. It's really cool. That's like kind of what's keeping me here, you know, because I'm yeah. from, not even from here, but it's like... I don't know that I'd still be here if I hadn't kind of found this community. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it's... The, the sense of community that, that this uh, bodybuilding uh, community shares is just like, it's a family, you know? Even though you're competing against one another, you're also pushing one another to be the best version of yourselves. And that's, that's what exciting, it comes down dude. to, you know? It's, it's a non-negotiable mindset, you know? Yeah, not, I, like, I like that tagline, too. Yeah. That's great. I Actually, I have the... That's my keychain. My key fob is the ones you guys send out in oh. the boxes. Yeah, I still yeah, have yeah. that thing. So, that's, so, yeah, it's a non-negotiable mindset, man. That's... That's why we have it as uh, the, the brand motto. Yep. Uh, it's because you know it's non-negotiable. Like, who? Like, I don't care if you still have cardio to do, and it's With still the, 9 p.m. It's non-negotiable. You're gonna go do your cardio. And right. It fits right into bodybuilding, and yeah. you know you'll see Jordan doing that. Like, it'll be late at night, and all of a sudden you'll see him on the bike on his mm-hmm. his story, and it's like, well, he obviously had to still get this amount of cardio in, and it doesn't matter what time it is. He has it's to. Non-negotiable. Get it done. You got to get it done. Non-negotiable. How, how tired you are? I don't care how depleted you are you want something that fucking bad you're gonna have that non-negotiable mindset that you're gonna go after it yeah i love that and that's you know that's that's what we found you know the, well because that's what it's like in bodybuilding it's like well this thing has to get done yeah i don't care how it gets done but it has to get done not just bodybuilding it's it's, it's, it's life in yeah. life you know it's a non if i want something that bad it's non-negotiable what i gotta do mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying if i yeah. want something that bad it's non-negotiable like i i gotta do this and it's it's not up for debate well, it's kind of like a lot of people want things, but they don't want to do the things necessary to get the things. I feel like that's 98.5% that's of people. Yeah, and then they start blaming other things instead of looking at themselves a lot. Well, you got to... You know what I'm people, saying? People, it's like, like I said, talk the talk, walk the walk, they'll find an excuse for anything. You know, yeah. any excuse to push it off, you know, to, to, to push the blame to. Yeah. You know, instead of taking accountability and being like, no, nah, I fucked up and I didn't hit my cardio that night. Or, yeah, I fucked up on my meal plan. Or, and if you know, once I fucked you... up on this project and taking accountability. Like, no, no, but my computer died or, you know, a yeah. college project or something. It doesn't like matter. No. Nobody dude, cares. Work no, harder. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Nobody cares. Figure out a fucking way and do it. Yeah, dude. You know? That's that's a great mindset. That's you know, a great like, mindset. Nobody's going to have sympathy for you, bro. Like, everybody has a sad story. Nobody gives a fuck. It's Everybody true. has a the world. The world story. doesn't care. The mm. world does not care. You're one individual out of eight billion fucking people. You think they care about your one sad soft story? No, they fucking don't. But you know what they care about? Your success. Yeah, once you, you know achieve what I'm saying? it, though, so it's like they don't get give a fuck that. about you yeah. until you're there, though. It's kind of like a breakup. If you go be happy and you go like kill it without, you know, you're gonna be fine. It's like. No, no, I, I, yeah, definitely. Like the best revenge is success. Like no, that's just being a better version of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the biggest thing it's like i just you can't achieve that if you're having other people's opinions hold you back you know unless you have that mindset of i don't give a fuck what this person thinks i don't give a fuck what that person thinks just gotta Every block it out sad story work fucking harder go get what you fucking want you know yeah that's so true in bodybuilding too because you think about how many people have a, a hard story in you know it, and what they've been able to achieve regardless of that story and I think that's what's so inspiring about it. Yeah, there's a lot of inspirational stories. Yeah, don't get me you wrong. I'm, I'm not discrediting anybody's story, but you know, everyone's no, got no. I totally a story, get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everyone's got a story. I'm not discrediting anyone's 
you know, uh, past experiences or, you know, traumas they made a face or adversity. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that saying is true. Nobody cares to work hard. Exactly. Well, you're here now, right? I love that, dude. You know, that was in the past and you're here now. You're standing right in front of me today. Well, you have every day, you have every day to like reinvent like, okay, that was yesterday. Now today you don't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like you get to decide every day who you want to be and who you're going to be. It's all with the mindset you wake up with. Yeah. You know, and how you want to attack the day. If you wake up, uh, I'm dreading this, and you have just a negative approach to the day, shit around you is going to be negative. The whole day is going to be negative. You're not going to be. And you can change that pretty quick. I'm going to make this day my fucking bitch. Yeah. You know, if you wake up with that mentality, I'm going to make today my fucking bitch. I'm going to make this week my fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. Then you go in there with powerful attitude, positive energy, ready to fucking take on whatever comes your way. And you kill it. You know, no matter, okay, you know, you have a hiccup, cool, you fucking deal with it, and then you go on. Something right. comes up at work. You fuck up. Yep. Move on. Yep. Yeah. Fix it. Move on. Don't spend too much time on it. Get the fuck over it. Move forward. And that probably translates to business too, huh? Yeah, big time. Like that. Otherwise, you, like you said, you would have quit a million times. You just have to. Yeah. You know, every time that th- there was one little thing that, that went wrong yeah. or something like that, and I got frustrated and wanted to call it quits, there wouldn't be no more FX yeah. subs. But you know, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep moving forward. Okay, you learn from your mistake and you move forward, and then you apply what you learned. So you, it doesn't happen again, and you keep growing. Yeah, you know, you with have to new learn. knowledge. Yeah, yeah, dude, you I love that. You have to learn. You have to learn. You have to be able to reflect and take the lessons that life gives you. Because if you don't, that's where we talked about having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. If you cannot take, you know, those lessons that life uh, teaches you, mm-hmm. and apply those moving forward into your life to learn from it, so you can grow to be a better person, a better individual, you know, a better version of yourself, then what's the point? Right. You know, then you're just stuck. You're stuck in one spot in a loop yep. where you're not progressing. You're the same old person. You're you're not growing. To me, know? that's like the the scariest thing that I never want. You know? Like, that's probably my biggest fear. I don't ever want that. Yeah. For, if someone yeah. came up to me and was like, oh, you're the same person I met 10 years ago, I would be like, fuck. Oh, dude, I know. That would feel you know? terrible. Like I said, I don't, you know, 18-year-old me? God damn. No. No, I was, that was my freshman year in college. You do not want to know. You th- you've probably grown, <laughs> grown a lot since then, man. Exactly. Yeah. But if, if I hadn't, you know, and someone told me, you're the same person I met 10 years ago, you haven't changed a bit, that would Well, that's those people, uh, you know, they say sometimes people, like, they'll die at the age 35, but they don't actually die till 75. You know They're what I'm saying? Soul. Their soul has died. They're an old soul. Yeah, so it's like, you just, yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be that, that um, person. So anyways, dude, we're like past two hours. Jesus Christ, so, we've been here. A minute. Yeah, man. So is there anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? Or? Oh, man, I think Obviously, shout out to FX Ups and shout out to Body Shop. Shout out to Renovation Fitness. Yeah, thank you, Nick, for having me, man. This has been a great pleasure. Yeah. You know, uh, first time ever doing this. We covered so many topics, uh, you know, but it feels good to be able to really relate to uh, mm-hmm. someone and also really put it out there, you know, uh, everything that's going on in personal life, business, and just where everything is heading right now. Uh, I think you got moment. an exciting year coming up, man. And I think your company's grown a ton and it's just going to keep growing. So I appreciate that, man. There's a lot to look forward to and I'm just excited to see what the journey holds, man. There's, you know, going to keep plugging away, yep. you know, head down, keep grinding and I'll be watching you, dude. Yes, Hell yeah. You're going to be right this. there on me. On Let's there. do this, man. All right, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, uh, obviously, use FX Ups, go to the body shop, check out Renovation Fitness, check out Frida Fitness, all that stuff. Like, yep. 
Um, and thank you guys for listening. And anytime you want to come back, man, we'll have you on again. I appreciate you, Nick. Thank you, man. All right, dude. Thank you. Hell yeah.